You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. But also, here's the thing about Airbnb. It's like a 50-50 shot that the place you see online is going to look like the place you get into. And then when you're there, are you going to put in the effort to like fight it if it's not what you thought you were going to get? And I fucking hate it because of the 10 times I've done an Airbnb, about three or four of them have been kind of shitty. And you just let it go. But what are you paying for at that point? And that sucks. Bad. But these people were like the most attractive Trump supporters I'd ever seen. Because they didn't look like schlubby Michigan Trumpers, you know what I mean? They were they were fit, tan people oh, who yeah. hike in the mountains of Sedona. My. Let's see if there's a Mort Krim editorial. He didn't do shit like that so much as Bonds did because Mort took his, you know, his straight down the middle integrity very seriously. And Scott. That Southern hospitality shit is a myth. I think that only extends like five in a five mile <laughs> radius out from wherever they're talking about. Welcome to the Silver Show. It's the 25th Is It Safe podcast. We made it this far. Some say it couldn't be done, but we did it. Congratulations to everybody here. I'm Michael Gauvier. Matt Scott and Luke are live. The fearsome foursome, the... What, what, what is another foursome? <laughs> the Fabulous oh. Four. Uh, the, no, that's the Fab Five. <laughs> the Philanthropic Four. Four um, Brothers. No, I want to make it alliterative. Uh, the Four... <laughs> The four fools uh, with the pH. <laughs> <laughs> the fat four. Yeah, there we go. Uh, anyways, uh, we're great. Fat we're great fuck to be four. Here. Fat fuck four, live and uncensored. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about a bunch of bullshit on the show, as we usually do. And you can email the show, <laughs> isitsafepod@gmail.com. We have emails. And actually, I lied to you guys. We didn't have as many emails as I thought. Uh, it turns out. That nobody actually emailed since the new show came out. So, uh, was, that, was it that Gamail again? Did you get some of those Gamail? Yeah, I did. But we got a te- I got a text feedback. Let me read this text. This is an actual text, and I think everybody can appreciate that. For those of you that love the show like we do, we don't just love giving it to you. We love connecting with you guys. I love the episode. It was hilarious. Listening to Matt try to defend Coleman Young. Who was a clear-cut <laughs> criminal of the highest order. Wow. There's zero controversy. He's right up there with Mario Cuomo in terms of citywide corruption. Interesting See, response. That's what you get for having an opinion, man. Oh, Cuomo's, <laughs> Cuomo's statewide, man. All right. And, uh, you know. Well, and, you're getting and, into a, a narrower and narrower Coleman corner. Was, Coleman was more successful <laughs> with the ladies. Coleman fathered an illegitimate child. His name okay. was Joel Loving. And Joel Jeez, Loving are these is now known. I've made a huge mistake. He's <laughs> now known as Coleman Young II because he took that name. Though he's not oh, so, a legitimate son of Oh, Coleman he wasn't Young. using he wasn't using the name for political no, no, not at all. Yeah, his, Coleman, his name, the new Coleman Young is Joel Loving. His birth name is Joel Loving, and he uh he was he was fathered by Coleman Young. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it's all about loving. Why like wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Is that? Hold on. Wait a minute. If he's fathered by Coleman Young. Did, did Coleman Young give him that name? No. Coleman Young like, was that. Like, baby, this, this, this kid's going to be child. named Loving. This was a love child. Yeah. Why obviously. can't he just be Coleman Loving? Why can't he just be Joel Loving? <laughs> Joel Young. Loving is what a better you name. Have a few than, drinks this yes. morning? 
I like that you go with the Joel part. That's the cool part of that name. <laughs> Why can't it just be Joel Young Jr.? Anyway, Cuomo Young's fun. Cuomo Young's way more. F- well, Cuomo's kind of. It's funny. We were just before we got on the on the air, we were yeah. talking about uh, you know Trump. Do you miss him? Well, no, obviously, but he he was a com- he was a comedic uh, sideshow, and we have you know three million hours of audio or however long he was in office where he was giving insane audio and video every time he touched a microphone. He is. He's, he was the guy. He's the guy at the bar that you're like reasonably certain is either going to dump a pitcher of beer down your shirt or like kiss your girlfriend on the mouth or just punch you in the nuts. And you're like, he puts you always keeps you off. Sounds awful. Our friend that used to always tip you know? us, remember that? He was known. You want to be known as a guy who gives people tippers all the time? That's what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. What, a, what a little dickhead. <laughs> Tipper! <laughs> was that a thing was in more... all teenage boy uh, oh, yeah. circles, guys? I don't know. Is that like part of a... Is that part of a Freudian just like stage, you know, kind of a rite of yeah, passage? Yeah, I want to. Well, like, Matt says oh, I'm, yes. a, I'm aware of people's dicks now. I'm going to start hitting them. Uh, I went to yeah, all boys know. Catholic school, so there was all kinds of grab acid and weird shit going on. <laughs> I don't know tipper. No, literally, I might be the only one here. What's a tipper? Uh, tipper. You, fl- you, you flick the tip. Oh, yeah, okay. you flick someone's. Yeah. I wasn't aware of the, of the language. We called it a header. And then you have a dull ache <laughs> in your loins for hours, maybe, and want to throw up. Oh, yeah. a, well, it depends. Was definitely a, depends on how solid the connection is. Yeah. You're supposed yeah. to hit the tip of the dick, not their ball sack. But if they just smack your whole balls and nads, and then, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the tip sits right next to the ball sack. Though. It's right. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's a fair point. Oh, it's right man. there. Breaking it down on the Is It Safe podcast. But anyway, right, nobody misses. <laughs> sure, Trump was good for a few laughs, but I don't think anybody's waking up being like, boy, you know, I actually saw a woman at Meyer the other day and she had on a big ass shirt Trump 2020 and she was so proud of it and she was walking around she made direct eye contact with me which people at Meyer never do anymore like you everybody's maskless. walking past anybody maskless she, I think she was yes Fuck, I didn't even she, think about that oh, she's just strutting around man she, yeah this is her time I swear she was maskless. How long ago? I feel like she was because she smiled. I mean, it was the Saturday because then she smiled. You can't smile without a mask. I think the the CDC finally got hip to this and was like, you know what? If we just make this okay now, uh, all these assholes uh, can't make a point about it. Well, they'll kill themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the people that bear the fucking burden is every business owner, especially like small businesses that have to deal with this dipshittery. So, I mean, uh, it it sucks, but the CDC. I feel like the CDC pulled a whoopsie daisy on Saturday. I feel like I could have, like, she wanted me. She made the kind of contact with me that was like, I want to fuck. Like, we're going to go home from Meyer tonight. You said she was wearing a big ass shirt. Was she a small person with a big ass shirt? Was she a big person with a big ass shirt? She was tall. She was like 5'10, 5'11. Wow. She she could have been six feet. (laughs) She was tall. I'd say 48, 47. Anywhere from 45 to maybe 50, but she looked like she was in her 40s. Again, don't talk about my exes that way. Just, just a little. I'm sorry. Room. I'm, I'm a little sorry. locker room talk. <laughs> yeah, Trump, oh. it's a Trump tribute. It's locker room talk. Whoopsie Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> Too many cooks. I just, I, 
I, I didn't want, I'm not saying, you know, Leanne, I love you very much. You're my love of my life. If you listen to this, I know you don't listen to the podcast anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, this woman just. Because we're too when, smart. Not evidenced clearly by the last two minutes of our conversation. <laughs> of course. Yes. But it's obvious to me that sometimes, and it's not, it's like it happens to me every day, but you just know when somebody looks at you that like there's an opening to just dive in and start talking and who knows where it'll go. And I'm talking in a sexual attraction way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had, I admit, I'll admit, I was like, you know what? I could totally exploit her Trump lovingness and take her home if I wanted to, but I wouldn't want to do that at all. I'm not saying I would do that. I'm just saying. You wouldn't do that for sex? Hold on. No, because I have a girlfriend that I love very much. No, I, I know, I know, I know, but hypothetically... One night stand. Oh yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't pretend to be. To no, be, I would. Uh, yeah. Oh, I totally. Would. I'm not above that. Yeah, I'm it's not. one night, right? You're right. Exactly. You're not seeing this person again. No, I just I get don't no photos to... with her. Just make sure you're on no surveillance cameras, no footage. <laughs> as long as there's no footage. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I, I think it happened. I don't think I could convince anyone that I was like a MAGA warrior. You know. Yeah, see, that's because you're. That's because you're not a player, man. You don't know how to peacock. No, what I would yeah. do is I would actually, like, use it to stimulate an argument, Matt. I wouldn't say I was a full-on Trumper. I'd be like, you know, I see you some good points. In here. I, I wasn't a big fan of his. However, uh -huh. I do even, see some value. Oh, you know. You're even worse. Uh -huh. That's terrible. Right, that's what I'm saying. I know. I'd, I'd so. just rather pretend to go all the way in. It depends. Okay. This is depends an old version factors. of myself, let's, though. This yeah, is an old version of myself. I'm, I'm grown from that now. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a better human being. I'm just saying I don't ever want to lie about who I was in my life. And, yes, there was a time where I would have done that. I definitely would have done that. I mean, Luke, you know, remember that date I had? Uh, it wasn't even a date. I just went over to that girl's house to kiss her on the porch, and then I came back. That was our date. Yeah, that, that? Rings, you, a, that rings a bell. You and Kristen were like, Kristen was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this is where we were living together still. Like, it was very odd. It was a girl I met on, like, uh, you know, what is that thing? What's the classic uh, dating app? Uh, the Harmony? No, no, no. The one. Fish? Kettle no. of fish, plenty of fish. Match oh, come on, John. Tinder. No, John. Uh, no, you know the. No, come on. You've said them all. Grinder. It was that no. grinder day. Right? Okay, Cupid. No, that's for dudes. Thank okay, you. Cupid. Yes, Okay, Cupid is the one I was thinking of. Wow. I, I thought should have been easier. Like that should have been easier to figure out. I know. Yeah, th those were the only three I was on: Tinder, Bumble, and Okay, Cupid. But I, yeah, you know. Scott, I was like, you definitely were on Okay, Cupid. I know you got some stories. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> stores are wasting money at bars on weekends. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's part of it. It's always funny. Well, I haven't seen this in like a year and four months or however long. But when you encounter a date that is clearly a date uh, oh, arranged gosh. on one of those apps. Oh, man, I used to bartend, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good, we, though. You know what sucks, yeah. man? Is no one seems that like they're doing it well either like no one. 95 out of 100 of these dates that you see that i also saw as a bartender and server everyone's like just i just saw him as a like, drunk at the bar what the fuck well how can you how can everyone bomb first dates it really actually bothers me especially because the, everybody likes to really promote the fact that it's okay it's not just a bunch of people that are you know uh hapless at dating it's it's a it's a really practical way to meet each other and you get you know a nice little bio before you go in and and meet each other but then when you see them together you're like no you are hapless and you can't do this that's why you need to do it this way no it can't yeah. happen and like i have friends that are Dude, married, I'm with that you. Met online and that's that's totally fine but it is true though that so many of these people just don't really know how to conduct themselves 
face to face with another individual. Here's how you don't fail the first date. Lesson one: be maybe able too to much anxiety. talk to people. Like yeah. be able to actually like have a conversation with a human being, and you—that's a big one. You're not going to flame out that epically. Like, hey, what's your favorite thing? And that's all you have to do, and not feel yeah. awkward about it. But I don't know, dude. I know I nope. understand anxiety you do and all that shit. You just act like act like a child and go, and then what? And then what? And then what? And like you can honestly just draw information, like get somebody talking. It's not difficult. Chris and I talked about this yesterday. I got hired at, at the video store that I worked at, uh, not because of my vast uh, film knowledge, but because I was able to look the guy in the eye and talk to him. And he was like, we've had a big problem with this lately. None of our <laughs> clerks know how to talk to anybody. And he goes, it's hurting business. And that's and why I got was- the job. Oh, man. And this was circa what? Fucking 96. Dude, this was 2005. Okay. The the tail end of the video store. I want to hear from you, Mike, because I'm. I agree with you. You and I are in lockstep. I just don't understand crashing. (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree. I completely agree with you, John. I just never had the uh, fear of a first date, unless maybe I maybe I just never thought that there was anything to lose but if it was with somebody I liked I could understand or I really wanted but if it was somebody I didn't know I had no fear because there was nothing to lose and yeah. it's the same to me as an interview I always saw the same comparison between an interview and a first date where you just and it's, you yeah. go in it's, it's not to be dismissive it's not to be dismissive of you know no, personalities and I think no. maybe what you're saying is that the state like what are the stakes here they're so they're not low. It's nothing. The stakes are well. Just, it's it's a bar tab. Yeah. Okay. That's it. No. It literally. That's exactly what the point is. The stakes. I got some are bogus stories. I, I made a few mistakes. I have I walked out on dates and left them there. Yes, that actually happened. Uh, did it happen more than once? Yes, that's true. It happened at least three times. People How long has it been since your last themselves. confession? Yes, it's been a long you time. The last time I did that. Did you get catfish? Yes. Well, before it was called catfishing, people would cat. I should have made up that. God, I wish I would have come up with that idea. I was already being catfished so many times. Wait, why, why is it called a catfishing? That's like, are you have something to do with fishing. I don't know. Are you expecting <laughs> to catch a trout and you get that's a, a good fucking question. catfish bottom I wasn't that feeder? involved there you go. in it. Is that there what you it go. is? Yeah, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. I wasn't, I wasn't I feel that like involved in it. So. You get a garbage-eating fish that just eats off the bottom. He's the dragons <laughs> of the river. I wonder if I wonder if like maybe I'm just I was just like already kind of too old and and not really into that scene that maybe things like Bumble and Grinder and whatever had already been around. So people are just like hooking up like crazy and like five years went by where I was not, you know, on one of those apps or anything. So I'm seeing these people on first dates and I'm like, wow, they're they're real hapless. But maybe they've already been on this Bumble stuff. I'm going well, before maybe, that, though. Maybe they don't know what to do because they're just, oh, you're talking before this. Even before uh, okay, those yeah, apps existed, when I would go on first dates in 1999, uh, well, Yahoo Personals. I mean, there's some old school shit where people used to click Yahoo online for the personals. first time. Yeah, Ooh, I met an amazing girl through Yahoo Personals in 1999, fall of 99, when I lived in my dad's house in Detroit. She was awesome. And I met her on Yahoo Personals. And we, had a, we hit it off immediately. And these type of events... Or actually easier for me because, to be perfectly honest about my, you know, my old, 
idiosyncrasies, it was more difficult for me to be more intimate one-on-one, like getting real with some woman in a deep, deep, meaningful way verbally than it was to just show up and be whoever the fuck I wanted to be on a first date. I found that to be... Like, it, I, I always said, I could speak in a crowd of a thousand people much easier than I could in, like, a one-on-one. I just, the way you sense? said that is just so funny. I, I would love to just see you sit down, be a fly in the wall, and just see you sit down and tell somebody how you're excited to get real with them. Just <laughs> one-on-one. Well, I mean, I'm not like that now. I'm just saying that's how I was. Like, you know, I'm see, grown, I could, and I'm very grateful yeah. for that. I couldn't speak in front of a bunch of people, but I was good. I had equal parts now no social anxiety and i was like pretty decent on the text thread like the text thread especially now you know and later in that oh that saved a lot of people is you know if you can drum up a nice thread on text like you're already kind of buttering the biscuit there china <laughs> there's the uh, 10 minutes too late trump drop by the way I was that's not what i meant by biscuit but yeah <laughs> you should send a text that has a biscuit with butter on it and just go guess what this is China, <laughs> but yeah, okay. This is not about my dating life. Uh, I could do a whole podcast about my dating experiences. I'm now very happy now. I've learned a ton oh, of lessons, and I'm really grateful where I am now. But I was a, you know, I was a I've fool. learned so many great lessons. I have. I've learned a ton. There's so you're, much valuable. Uh, when, when you're mistakes. on a date, that was your. Did you tell? Did you tell anybody? Like, it, no. I'm just here to learn a couple of lessons. Uh, so <laughs> let's get on with this. This is yeah, a learning. I'm, I'm ready to make. For me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to make a huge I got mistake. I a few moves yeah. I've been planning on trying. I've made a huge um, we'll mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to fail here and get better going forward. So let's do this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But you know, I just uh, don't I can like see when you people are dishonest me. about uh, I'm gonna walk out the door now. Yes, I left a girl at that bar in Monroe because she totally misrepresented herself, and that was in 2011. How did like, she oh, misrepresent herself? The picture of who she right was looked nothing like her at all. Yeah, it was all the standard issue. What, what is the real? Describe the real picture. Pictures. Wait, wait. What? Uh, Matt, what <laughs> describe the real picture. A real picture? No. Describe the real picture. The one you saw in person. The one you uh, wanted to. The, the person the you I, wanted to meet. The one I saw was the. It was the classic uh, upward angle, facing down on mm-hmm. the face. Look with her face looking up if as much as that, possible. You see that? And, Don't even do it. Never and it, meet like, that person. It, it emphasized her. Her boobs and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." She, and but then she like, she cut out images that had anything to do with below her boobs. It was really huh. weird. There was no what, pictures what, of her below any of that. And what was going on there? She was just a little heavier. She was a little heavier than uh, I was interested in, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. Uh, and oh, to boy. be truthful, totally truthful, she had put a lot of makeup on her pictures, and it turns out she had an acne problem. And uh, you know that sucks. That sucks. It sucks to have acne. I would feel fucking terrible. For her, I do feel bad for her, but I didn't want to be with somebody who was already like telling these lies just to get me in. It actually pissed me off, and I think I think it's fair to be disappointed in that, like, or, or be like, "Why? Why don't you just mm-hmm. be correct?" Because we were wasting people's yeah. time. I drove forty-five minutes down to that date to meet her. I was interested, but then you lied to me. So well, that's there's something her. there's something weird about somebody who won't be vulnerable with you before they meet you for the first time, like that. Like if you're going to go through the rigmarole of having conversations back and forth, discussing things you're interested in, all that stuff. But yet the physical part is not, they're, they're not able to be vulnerable about that. Now, granted, that is a sign probably of massive insecurity. And of course, nothing but empathy for, you know, that society is fucked up. I get well, it. I know that. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. No, but it doesn't, 
it's it is it is on its face uh, a deception, and that's not how you want to start things off. Well, but isn't uh, all isn't all dating at its root? Of course, something of a deception. Of it's course, just like but that, what, that is an identifiable one that is super easy right off the bat. Well, just well, photos. Yeah, yeah, a, a photograph. A photograph. I don't know if a photo or a profile though is or, calling it a being lied to is is a stretch to it's me. It's not a lie. It's just a deception, like Luke said. It's, it's a misrepresentation. It's deceptive. Yeah, it's a sleight of hand. It's a lie. Like She's airbrush. Airbrush. As yeah. is profile, as is a profile, right? Absolutely. The profile yes. is a very, <laughs> you know, curated let's, version let's of say the person here, which you were. Yes, yes. You know how many hours I spent, like, going back and, oh, no, no I'm going to, no, 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 cut that out. Uh, all right. I would spend hours on my profile, so it would hopefully yeah. be perfect. And nobody ever gave a shit. What's because, hilarious? honestly, being a woman online is fucking awful. They don't actively seek people out because they get bombarded with dick pics completely unfairly all <laughs> the time. So it's totally right. unfair to women. I, I want that to be clear. Let's address the fact that uh, you you left this girl uh, hanging and so you fucking catfished her, but she she catfished you first kind of because you well, saw her through the window and you were like, ooh, fuck. And then you took he, off. And you didn't like take all her person. You were not the person left. that you said you were, which was a, probably an awesome guy who really cares about people, who like loves people, and you just bailed on her. So you catfished <laughs> her because you were the bad person. Hmm. That's an interesting Think point. About I, that. I mean, you I left her at her home. Come off as a catfish because usually the catfish has to be the person that's there first. I think it was her home turf, so she was. It was like her home bar. Like she knew all the people there, so she was comfortable. You know, and she was a girl, anyways. That happened. You should have called ahead to the bar. You should have called ahead to the bar and been like, "Hey, do you know Joanne? I mean, what is uh, <laughs> what's her that's deal?" Deep seated recon. Right? <laughs> and this is and this <laughs> is in this is in Monroe. This yeah. is dating, man. And did you right live down river? Did you live down there? No, I lived in uh, fucking Brighton at the time. So I oh yeah, down. fuck yeah, you get out of there. Yeah, that's a long ass <laughs> drive. You, you, man. You're you about to sign up for yeah. a commute, to, a regular commute to Monroe. Oh yeah. shit, hell no, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just I, I was thirty. Agree to that to begin with. I was thirty years old at the point, and at that point, I'm like, I just don't have time for this shit. So whether it's cold hearted, whatever you think of this, it's the mm. truth. And I'm just like, this is oh, going to be a waste of my time. I don't want to. Yeah put on any front i'm out of here i'm gonna go home i got shit to do i was substitute <laughs> teaching getting up early anyways so i was i was actually trying to do things and be productive so i didn't have time for bullshit and that's just the truth it's did all you ever have truth. to <laughs> cover yourself did you ever have to like shoot a text or were you confronted about it i think there i helped a... you out with that once actually really? I, I i'm not yeah i'm not joking i think i did help you out with that once well, they got texted you once you were like text me in an hour and i was like all right i'll do that Oh yeah, yeah, the the bailout, of course. But the terror that comes over me when I leave, when I left, I feel terrible. Like there's a terror, like oh, I know this is bogus, and I feel anxious ridden. And I'm driving mm -hmm. away, and I'm trying to like not be seen. And say, oh, she gonna come out the front door and see me drive away? I don't know. It's a barren like downtown area at like 11:30 at night on a Tuesday, and I I was terrified, Scott. I was I felt 11:30 on a Tuesday, and she texted me. She did text me once. 11:30 on a Tuesday. Yeah. She texted me, you, you fuck. Doing? I remember that. You fuck. Did you That's text awesome. back? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, a good, a good catfish never texts back. <laughs> well, I just, I'm like, what can I say? You, uh, my actions are speaking for themselves. There's yeah, I, yeah. Here. All you could say is I know and then roll the credits.
Yeah. Dude, she could be the coolest person in the world. She could have dropped 25 pounds, and I'm sure the acne cleared up because that was what? She was, you know, probably like 25, 26. I bet you she's a fucking dime right now. I hope well, she so, is. Oh, sorry, but you're you're with uh, Leanne. So I, I don't is. know why I'm going on about this. No, I, <laughs> look, I, I also met Leanne on through lucky. online dating. You got so lucky, I, yes. It is true. I did. Yeah. So I, yeah, I me earned too. See, yeah, Scott can agree. Scott Not Leanne, Leanne, but yeah, I'm an online. online Do you met Leanne? Oh. No. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I, I do have friends that are happily married and like the coolest fucking couple ever. They they met online and it's great. I earned it my fucking work. stripes, man. I earned my stripes through all you the did. dates. You did. There was you good did. dates. There was bad dates. I was treated poorly. I treated people poorly. I admit it freely. It's all fair and love and chaos in the fucking online mm. dating world. In the entire aughts, yeah. I saw it all. I did it it's all. A, and I admit it freely. I'm not going to lie about it because I hate when people are. I just think it helps other people if you're honest. There's guys out there that will just disappear on dates. And I know they're not going to admit it publicly like I am, but they're out there. There's <laughs> right. plenty of you fucks. That, that, that is the other. That's actually that is the other thing, Mike. I have learned to appreciate over the many years that I've known you that it it is hard to make a judgment knowing that. M- 99% of people will never admit what you admit. You're open about this stuff. And so it's easy to it's easy to judge you about it. But that's only because you're being honest about it. Do you know how much shit everybody lies about on a fucking daily basis? It's isn't nauseating. That, isn't that the undercurrent of our society? I mean, or, or I think it's the undercurrent yeah. probably of society itself. I think society functions on lies. Yeah, and omission, and this is yeah. This is everything great about me. This is everything great about my political party. This is everything great about my band. This is everything great about my girlfriend. And that's it. And that's it. And that's the end of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, every conversation is a fucking OK Cupid profile, isn't it? Uh, But there are the fucking Eeyores (laughs) out there who talk about nothing but their problems. Yeah, Yeah, other end of the spectrum. Can't fish those people to teach them a lesson. Maybe they'll learn something, like Mike did. Look, I'm not proud of everything happened. I'm just telling you the truth. So don't take this as a proudful. Hey, look at no. me! Woo! No, you know, I get it. We're just keeping it. it real. And yeah, I think you're just you're serving as a painful. I appreciate leader. the. I appreciate yes. the honesty. It's, <laughs> I I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Because, was yeah I, you, when you're I met holding Leanne, up a mirror you know. to society. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that is so. No way. I met Leanne online and. That that was great. So it all worked out in the end, and I'm really happy. We're truly happy together, even though we're not together. We haven't seen each other in 15 months or whatever. But uh, it does. Oh, it can gosh. work out. So if you're listening to this and you're like single and you've been lonely through COVID too, and you're like, God, I'm so sick of dating. I know it sounds really really cheesy, but uh, you know, hang tough. Uh, oh, it's it's about to fucking explode out there on the dating market. Are you kidding me? Oh, COVID yeah. or dating? Oh, oh herpes is We talked come about back. this. Well, yeah. many episodes ago, Matt. That's right. I remember that. It was funny. We were talking it's, about like, <laughs> dude, all the sexually transmitted diseases that they didn't have a chance, like didn't have new a ones. chance. The, oh, yeah, just they're going to be variants of sexually transmitted diseases. It's going to be like, Jesus, I didn't know you could get that. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, co- it's going to be combined, backed up organs, just murder. Oh, here we go. Back again with the pent up sexual energy, high tea, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, read your Wilhelm Reich, man. This is about to turn into an infestation. Wrong. Every person's body is going to be infested. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right, man. It's going to be a free for all, and I think everybody deserves it. In fact, our soccer going to be people fucking up too. on the bus. There's going to be people fucking in Ubers on the bus, yeah. uh, inside restaurants, in the middle of the floor. I'm excited uh, for the softball. Yeah. I fuck the dating. Right. I can't wait. Right. We're getting jacked. No Are we going to be at the practice on, on Saturday or what? I can't I've be got, there because I'm just waiting on my COVID uh, shot. It's 1 p.m. That's early dinner. That's very. Uh, yeah, that's bullshit. In, I said yeah. in-laws. I said in-laws. Okay. They eat at 1 p.m. still? I didn't know in-laws eat that early. Dude, fucking in-laws that's eat. That's a moderately late lunch. lunch. Yeah. <laughs> that is brunch. Yeah, Saturday well, too. They call yeah. it dinner. I don't. Dude, it's semantics. It's not, they call it dinner. I would call it lunch. Saturday, not Sunday. Sunday's <laughs> when you have the 1 p.m. dinner. Dude, fuck that noise. I'm not doing anything on Sundays. Other than well, except play, you're playing except praising the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna keep holy the Sabbath to fit in. <laughs> uh, no, I celebrate, I celebrate the the Sabbath. Yeah, I'm, I won't make this practice, but I'll be at the next one. I I Shabbat texted Thursday. Ian today. Ian, does Ian listen to the show? Shout out, Ian. How you doing? We buddy? should get him on the show. show. We should listen. listen. He's probably the skip. Oh, the skip. sitting on ass. The skip. Skip. The skip. Oh yeah. <laughs> We'd love he to have you. He's on. a real skip. skipper. Come on. Come aboard. Boy, can I just say, and this is He's a real skeptic. This is He's radio cool. for, for four, for four fat fucks. Is, uh, hey, excuse me. I've been working out for oh, like, all right, all right. I'm for just like going with the early weeks, oh. For six weeks, and then I stopped for six weeks. For, and then I went moderate, on For moderately fat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll take that. That's actually pretty good. Moderately fat. But uh, it's great to have somebody else running the team. Fuck, it's going to yes. be great to just show up and play softball. It's funny. I think uh, I've coached a team, coached a team, Matt, and I know Mike has coached a team too. So it is nice to not have to have any responsibility as far as that goes. Yeah, no, that's that shit is terrible. Emails and all wait. that. I'm yeah, excited. No. Ian's a great, seems like a great guy, but no, Matt, I will not be at this practice, but I promise He's Ian intense. I'll be at the June 3rd practice because I'll be fully cleared for my second COVID shot. Awesome. I'm not even picking up my own mother from the like airport it. tomorrow night because I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to take any risks. I'm so close to the end. I'm like, why would I blow it at this mm-hmm. point by connecting with anybody? Is she coming back from Mexico? Yeah, she's flying back tomorrow. Oh, so, like, so yeah, love she's going to be you a know. Petri dish. You're just trying to stay away from that. I get it. I'm sure she'll yeah. be fine, but why even take the chance? I'm like, I love you, oh, but yeah. I'll see you in a week. You know, I got till well, Monday, and then I'm fully clear. Dude, so, I was so. at I was at Freedom Row for the I was at Freedom Beach for the last five days. So I'm a I'm a dangerous <laughs> right. I'm a dangerous man right now. So let's talk about that. What they, what they don't that. What they don't know is I I brought them I brought them a fight. Oh yeah, yeah, you came from the hot spot. Oh, my oh, God, I we're brought assholes. them an East Detroit. We're I brought them East Detroit variant. And, wait, 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 wait. See how they deal with the, the that Detroit shit. Detroit variant. I, that yeah. Would be, that if you see something, if you see something spiking out of fucking Folly Beach, like a hockey stick graph, that's like we don't know what this variant is. That's going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't start the show with your trip. We gave full tribute to Matt's trip, to Scott's I trip. Know. All three I of know. you guys have been yeah. on a trip each of the last three weeks, which is really bizarre, by the way, that it lined up that way. But I'm happy for all of you. So, Spring. Luke, fill us in, Luke. Come on, give us the details. How was yeah. Folly Beach? Well, now I don't want to talk about it because. Get it. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Anyways, uh... dude, it was great. Uh, so, you know, Tides, Tides, it's uh, Tides is really funny because Tides is uh, Tides is kind of like the like the trashy tourist hotel. Spring Break Hotel, so much... Panama City Beach. Yeah, but it wasn't Spring Break. And all that shit's been kind of shut down. Dude, if that was, if this was not a pandemic year, I think that would have been a nightmare. 
a total nightmare. Why? But because it's because it was suppressed by the pandemic. It was uh, it was uh, it was okay for couples because it wasn't nice. crowded. Is it that was nice. Mean? It was nice for married folks with children. There, you know, wasn't that bad. Is that uh, what wasn't you that mean? crowded, dude. It was oh, not okay. that crowded, and yeah, it was not that crowded, and it, the weather was fucking perfect. No. No brutally hot days where you can't yeah, even. Yeah, May is a perfect time to go. Good call. Oh my God, that was uh, that was absolutely key. Spent some time in Charleston, got to see our buddy Guile. Uh, I don't know if he wants his name mentioned, Steve. Whatever. Uh, he he showed us around, gave us uh, you know took us to some good seafood restaurants. That was amazing. Seafood there is off the fucking chain. Did you go to Costa? Uh, or did that not work out? No, we did not. Wait, to. Is it a restaurant called the restaurant, Coast? The restaurant I recommended no. with the seafood no, pie and iron skillet. I know we we looked at it. We were trying to make reservations and we couldn't get in. That's okay. But uh, it was so the seafood was amazing. What's weird though is that like the the middle food, the stuff that you, you like, get a burger for eight bucks, that kind of thing. That's not really there. So Charleston's had, a high end city, man. It's a it's a rich right, right. So the high end place that we went to, we went to one sixty seven seafood or whatever. I, I don't know what it's called. It's Boner Boulevard. <laughs> I mentioned it to Steve and he was like, Oh yeah, that's my favorite place to get uh get seafood. It was I'm not kidding. I like ceviche, like I like it, you know, I think it's healthy option, usually tastes kinda good. This was so fucking good. I don't even know I, what that means. Ceviche just uh it's it's fish cooked in citrus. It's not oh. cooked it's not cooked traditionally. It's basically just marinated in citrus and that Oh, I know what it is. Never mind, never yeah. mind. Aaron makes this. He makes a fucking great ceviche actually. I've had Does it he? at his house homemade more than once. It's fucking fantastic. It's Luke, how did unbelievable. you believable? How did you now remember the name of this restaurant? It's so ridiculous. Which one? 167 raw. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is so dumb. I mean, Luke doesn't I remember things. But... Well, I'm surprised yeah. I got 167 right. So you That's should be. You got 167 right, but you missed raw. See, Scott, you don't. You haven't known me for 30 years. You don't realize how much Mike has struggled to understand what I'm talking about, and you were able to Google that in two seconds. See, well if I I give you clues, I'm a context clue guy. You're like, yeah. what the fuck you are you talking about, change? dude? All right, 167. You. Type that in. Pops up. <laughs> I would like to be on your team for a rousing game of taboo one night. Oh, oh, oh you ever no, play Scruples? you would not. That's another one. Scruples was a game I played in Charleston in 2004, and I saw my friends fight to the brink of divorce over a board game. It's so it's so good when a board a simple board game can just expose <laughs> wounds so quickly. Yes. It's amazing. It's so true. That was ooh, it's that a was a. Yes, that that's how Chris and I are battle tested because we went over to uh, we went over to uh, the the Gibbonses for like a movie trivia type thing, and everybody there it was it was uh, Bansom and uh, and Ange and it was uh, Chad and and um, Good God, why am I blanking on movie aficionados? They get it. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, it was couples. And they were they'd been couples, and they were just like they were using just regular clues, like off the map. And Kristen and I basically had just met, and she was like, "That was horrible." 
because we got our asses kicked. First of all, I think she didn't like it because she's so competitive and hated losing. Hated that. She didn't want to be fighting yeah. yoke to some guy who's gonna she, lose a you know? fucking board game. Yeah, exactly. Just, oh, she yoked. almost left like Mike. She almost got in the car and drove the fuck away. I've been catfished. This has been a three month catfish. This fucking uh, sucks. This guy blows. Well, and and people in insecure relationships just can't deal with the fact that the other partner might have different memories or remember and forget different things it's like when you play taboo it's like oh yeah back in 08 uh when we we ate at that restaurant on saturday night it's like what in the fuck are you actually talking about like Dude, if me and, if me and mike were a couple that's that would be that would be the dynamic <laughs> we'd fucking get in fist fights over pictionary and shit yeah like, it would just it would <laughs> yeah yeah be like, like 99 memory, the, we were the at memory Walmart. combination yeah Maybe in 2004, you and, you and you Guile, Mike, me. you, I just and, don't care you and Guile sh- should be a couple. You and Guile would make an awesome uh, categories couple or whatever we're talking about. I have about a girlfriend. I can ha- she can be my couple partner. So. Is she good at movie trivia? No, God, no. no she, Actually, uh, I'm fact, good at she movie has, trivia. She has anxiety around that because she feels she's not smart enough to like hang with trivia people. <laughs> and I'm like... Don't feel like that. Who cares? Make her listen to this. Make her listen to this and prove that That's what I told her. We are subhuman. Yeah. It's all pointless nonsense. I'm like, who gives a fuck? You can make shit happen in the business world. I don't know dick about business. So what has this trivia done for me? Nothing. Here's an example. When you said uh, all's fair and uh, love and chaos, I was like, oh, that's a good segue to Israel and Palestine. What are we going to say about that? Ah, Where's the Gilbert Gottfried? God damn it. (laughs) By the way, I want to clarify something. Speaking of, I was very honest about the dating experience, but I want you all to know that what I did is true. But I did get my fucking heart ripped out of my chest about a year later after that in Colorado. I met this incredible girl. I still I still remember her. Stacy Trujillo. God, she was smoking. She was awesome. She had a chi- she had a kid. She had a kid that was like two. Colorado. But, oh, you'd have been yeah. good dad. Yeah. Well, I was I, I was <laughs> all about her. We speaking of burger bars too, we went to a great burger bar in Denver. It's outside of Denver. Matt, you would love this place. I wish I could think of it. Because it was actually as advertised. It's a area of Denver called Cherry Creek, I believe. It's like a nice spot for shopping and blah, blah, blah. I wish I remember the burger place. But at any rate, we had a great time. I really thought we were on the we were on our way to something really cool. And then she just ghosted my ass. And all weekend long, I called and I called and I texted and I texted. And I was legitimately emotionally distraught about this. I was like, what the fuck? Why would someone do this to somebody? I can't believe this shit. And you talked about eating. Eating a big bag of dicks on that one. I deserved it. You know, and I wonder how that other girls felt when I had done what I did to that girl. So getting your heart broken out west seems tougher than back home here. What do you mean? It's like more there's more there's more space. I would rather have my heart broken in a depressing city like Detroit than somewhere beautiful like Colorado. Oh, dude, hell yes. That way you can find <laughs> regulars at the bar that are like, oh, hell yeah. Dude, <laughs> yeah, like misery is just a, you know, an arm length away. <laughs> check out, hold on, check, check out the image in this chat here. Is that her? Like, uh, uh, skip the it? first one. Skip the first one I sent. The first that one is I not her. Too long. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm kidding uh neither one of those see. are her she was uh it's the same person by the way she was like four foot eleven you know she was like she's small but she was gorgeous four anyways i thought we hit it off and i was terrified i spent the whole weekend i was living with my friends emily and derek at the time in 
right on the border of Morris and Colorado. Beautiful. Mike, check the that one remember? out. Remember, remember Matt, the cul-de-sac in Denver. This was the cul-de-sac in Denver still. I was still living there. So. Oh, Morrison. That's by Red Rocks, right? Oh, yeah. It's right up the road. You, Red Rocks like two miles away from the house. Uh, uh, no, uh, I mean, that's kind you of the right track. Remember, that's, no, that's not her. I do remember, but that's not her. Maybe she like, catfished you. I feel like she Maybe had... she's uh, catfishing me right now. I think she had like slightly darker skin than that. She was, you know, um, some type of back heritage. I didn't know her heritage, actually. At any rate. Latin American um, of some sort? Latinx? Well, yeah. Yes, Latina? something there. But we never got to that point because she disappeared. And I, I asked my roommates, I'm like, why would someone do this to me? And then they started talking about all my own experiences in dating. And it led right back to the point that it was karma. I don't believe in karma, but maybe I deserve that one. So I just want everyone to know out there. Since I told a story okay, about check, me letting another girl that down, out. that somebody got me good. So somebody got check me. Out you don't that believe, you don't believe that it's definitely one. not <laughs> fucking Stacey Abrams, you fuck. <laughs> not Stacey Abrams. Although Stacey Abrams is a wonderful woman, and I wish her nothing. Else, so. What fuck her? What the hell are we talking about? All right, so <laughs> we're not talking about politics, I guess. Right, no, so let's, you, talk about, uh, well, let's talk about Israel and Palestine. You were about to get light on that. So oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that segue is nice. You know what? Right let's, talk, let's talk about Stacey Abrams. Whatever, motherfucker. So let's talk about the crime of the century. I watched this documentary. It's on HBO Max. Oh. And we don't have to talk about the documentary specifically, but it's about opioids. So it's an obvious overall topic. Uh, Scott, I think you just let out a ugh. Well, just because I mean, I, I watched the first part. I didn't watch the second part. Um, so you got the gist, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and I have to watch it. Got the gist. And honestly, I have to admit, as long as we're being honest, there's something about the song Country Road set to the backdrop of like something appropriately depressing that just makes my heart ache. Dude, that montage Opioid of all the Appalachia. like. All those ODs and like oh my all that crazy God. shit while Country Roads was playing. I, I wanna. I, I think it's the hillbilly in me that just can't let that song go. It's so heartrending. But uh, yeah, man, well, it's it called was... Pillbillies now. By the way, Pillbillies. That's okay. a name that Painful. was made up by executives of Big Pharma in his jokes in emails. I mean, how do, you, how do how do you even how do you give a capsule review? It's more like an emotional visceral reaction. I just man, if you want to be depressed and you want absolutely no hope about the human race, just watch just watch that doc. I mean, <laughs> it should be mandatory viewing, but also it's so painful to see this that I can understand 80% of I can understand 98% of human beings just purposefully avoiding it. We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. It's like, yeah. uh, it's, it's like if you know how like they, they put the fucking buck nuts on the goddamn helmets for Ohio state. It's like if the, uh, if the Gestapo just did that for everybody in the gas chamber, that's these fucking assholes sending emails around calling people pill billies. Fuck you. And you know how much blood is on their fucking hands? It's insane. How many people have died through this? 500,000 since 2000, the year 2000. 500,000 since the year 2000. Well, is there anything more cynical than what about the guy in part one? And sorry for if we haven't all watched it or whatever. The dude I that they I don't get care. 
Okay, so they... are not going to surprise me at this point. Yeah. yeah, it's a documentary, not a drama, right? So fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Still, you know, they have, they, have the, they have their doses, 10, 20, 40, 80, I believe. And then they come out with a 160, and they find this West Virginian or who, wherever he lives in Virginia, this poor dude, and they introduce a 160-milligram pill. Out this is insane. Rage. 160 milligrams of what of, drug? What drug? Oxycontin. Oxycontin. Yeah. Oxy. You know. 160. So this is like, Mike. Give what, me, my, give me two, perspective. What, what did I take? Mike I mean, would know. I give you a yeah. I'd sure. I. 10, 20. A, is it a twenty? Uh, it's is like it a five milligram. I mean, uh, an eighty oxycontin is like massive. It's so fucking gonna kill insane. you. Yeah. So yeah, like huge. Uh, no, what I'm saying is like whatever I've taken recreationally, I just want to put this in perspective. Yeah. You, you know, because because some you could 20, tell, you 40, could tell, I don't know. You could tell a friend, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're take we took oxys last week. It was really fun. But you took fives or tens and this guy is about to take 120. Yeah, right. Nobody with the times the dose. Yeah. Yes. OK. Nobody so with the tolerance would uh, yeah have that. If we all took Thank 80 you. or 160 milligrams of Oxycontin right now, we'd be sufficiently blown out. I think all four of us would be just destroyed. I think we're overdose. I was blown out, 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 really blown out with 80 milligrams. Yeah, the time really out five Let me just get this. Let me get this yeah. number out. This prescribed number. This man at one point oh, was boy. prescribed 50 pills. 50 160 milligram pills a day. It was like they showed his mm -mm. They, they showed no. his prescription. It said take 22 to 25 doses no. of 160 milligram Oxycontin twice daily. They showed the prescription. So there, yeah, can, yeah. there's no so this man for, for those of us who aren't good at simple math. He was taking 8,000 milligrams of oxycontin daily okay i didn't know that and then in a in a just the most cynical you know obvious oh my God. next step they begin using him as essentially a marketing tool like see see people don't die this this dude can take eight thousand milligrams and is, he's oh. still alive is it the sacklers like, yeah, because, are they the oxy people yeah the sacklers and and the marriage of marketing and product is their real i was listening to genius uh, I was watching a YouTube video today about it uh, from a dude. Uh, his name is Rational National. He's actually like great. He just drops a few videos a day. And he's like, he's he was literally talking about Big Pharma today and and uh, Katie Porter. One of my favorites uh, to be VP to Nina Turner. I think that's my that's my dream ticket uh, for now. Uh, without without Bernie in the race, uh, assuming he's probably going to be dead, but oh. bring those two bring those two aboard, and she was fucking grilling this guy about you know CEO CEO pay and all that. But the the main point was that basically there is these ads don't even exist in Canada, which I think is crazy. Every Sunday morning, I watch CBS Sunday Morning with Kristen. And you're just peppered with pharma ads. Yep. Yeah. And that is you're you're not necessarily peppered with 
oxy ads, but you are peppered with fucking not anymore. Ads. Not anymore. Monster. But you were. But you used to be. You used to be for sure. And then you started getting uh, peppered with uh, ads, especially in the Super Bowl, of people taking crazy pharmaceutical grade laxatives because they were so. Some patients may be afraid of taking <laughs> from taking this is a, uh, yeah. a Purdue promo or addictive. But that is far from actual fact. Less than 1% of patients taking opioids actually become addicted. And any drowsiness that might occur when you start to take the medication will soon wear off in most patients. Dumb. Again, <laughs> Biden is the right man for the time is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Less than 1% well, of patients will become addicted. He's got plenty Yay. of people in his administration uh, that are, you know, directly benefiting from that video's lobby, from 1998, lobby activities. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's the same now. doesn't matter. It's the exact same fucking thing. They might not put the ads out there as much for that particular type of product, but the same people are in control and the same well, people are making he- profit. To be fair, you don't see advertisements. Are you trying for, to be fair to the for, are you trying for, to be fair for this shit? You don't see advertisements for pain medication anymore. True. You see how that what Humira, how about that? Humira uh, is a is a drug that uh, they so I just learned about this today. It's called a patent thicket. I have not heard that term before. Patent thicket is a they basically hire a bunch of lawyers. They file for tons of patents, so many patents that are related to the drug that they're working on. Uh, so this is for Humira and this was uh, AbbVie. And they file for so many patents that like literally no competitor can ever come to market because they have to constantly challenge these patents. And it's one after the other after the other. And if they delay the, the way in which they file these patents, it keeps extending the, the terms or the, the timeline for when people can challenge them. So they basically, in, in effect, have created a monopoly of a single company. And then also the company can actually like break off, which is what AbbVie did. I forget what it was called first. AbbVie is the second iteration. It broke off, created a bunch of other patents under a different company name. And so now nobody can, can make like uh, Humira, which is a massively popular uh, drug that's is used by millions and millions of people worldwide. What, what for? In what's the, the U.S., the it costs $77,000 in the U.S. per year for one person to take it. In Canada, it's like one-tenth of that price. What is this uh, it is for? for? Humira is – so Humira is an interesting one because it is used for many things. Uh, I think – it sounds right like a bipolar bat. disorder thing. No, it no, no, like- no. It's it's not. It's actually not a psychoactive drug. It is for things like uh, cholesterol and arthritis. It's weird. It, it is. It's a drug that's actually insanely valuable, which is why it's so profitable. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's I, that's I, the whole point. That's the marriage. That's the marriage in this in this country. Is if it's valuable, it's profitable. So. You don't. Uh, the The people get fucked, and the politicians get rich. Well, and Biden has been on the receiving end of many, many enrichments based on drugs like this. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know much about that, but I'll just say that the. Uh, well, I do. I mean, we could. I didn't write them down. Let's do this next episode. 
Well, I'm just so fucking I, I get, pissed off about this. It's so fucking crazy. We're sitting here talking about, you know, pain medicate. Mike, please put a light on. You look like you are in. You look like you're being held hostage. But but pod. But uh, <laughs> Scott's doing the same thing. <laughs> I if you uh the there's a difference between like obviously it's bad to capitalize on medications that people just need to live. But then there's like pushing fucking dope on people. Yeah. That and and I don't see that happening as much because like you know I actually I don't know there's the it seems like the new drugs advertised all the time are um like have to do with depression and anxiety more than pain. Like I don't hear yeah, pain yeah. drugs well, that being got, advertised. That no, got well, totally no, politically unavoid. You can't talk about that. It the, it just shut down completely. All right, we're done. We're cutting it all off. And then it all got signed up to the streets, of course. So you're right. Pain meds have been drastically reduced in terms of how much they're prescribed and how often they're prescribed. And even when I was in my active addiction, towards the end of it, it kept getting more and more difficult. And this was in 2017. My dealer's like, yeah, man, these fucking hydrocodone bills are harder to find. They're just they're becoming <laughs> yeah. more and more rare. Your drug so. dealer is the most, like, politically fucking... Uh you know, fluent he's, person, you know, he's connected. He's connect. He knows. He's like, yeah, it basically has like a phone line directly to the FDA or to the fucking yeah, produce yeah. executive board. He's got a like, red, yeah, well, he's got a shut red down, phone man. with a wire on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy is we, we probably all know somebody who's died from an opioid related death. Sure do. And oh, that's I, I meant, fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Um, what's, what's very heartening to me actually is marijuana. And how that's become a pain. It's become a pain drug for people. Like I was at Mother's Day and all these <laughs> uh, Mother's Day weed. I no, couldn't honestly, believe I, that I everybody so at Mother's Day. I had Day, to smoke weed before getting dinner. Basically, everybody at Mother's Day who was of the baby boom generation or older was using some form of marijuana product for their various ailments. And that was encouraging okay, to that. me, hmm. you know, like. Like people using like topical weed shit, people eating gummies. I'm talking oh, about my 80, mom did that. I'm talking actually. about she was using stuff people. on her rheumatoid. Yeah, she was using stuff on her rheumatoid arthritis. She was yeah. using like uh, some form of uh, CBD variant. I, I don't exactly. Well, wait, because we, yeah, I shouldn't say the word variant. Variant. Who benefits? Derivative. Who benefits though, man? I mean, yeah, but well, I don't know. Who benefits? But it's better than uh, well, this is why I like people taking like going uh, off the grid with this shit. So, some of these people are people who had fucking Oxycontin prescriptions, you know, people who had who were using opioids. And I think it's a really positive thing. OK, let's put. Yeah, there's no, I'm not going to argue about that. That's well, here's the positive. thing, though. You regulate. Cool. So it's one thing. It's one thing re to regulate the drug. Uh, OK, so to regulate weed is one thing, but to deregulate uh Price incentive for regular pharma like pharmacological drugs is uh, is probably the the greatest crime of the last uh, two hundred years or a hundred years. Wow. Okay, think, I didn't know that. Think well, about that's that interesting. Shit. Like I didn't if I didn't finish the full document. Fuck you. I haven't what, even watched it. I'm just the, the title of the documentary is "The Crime of the Century," and I'm trying to figure out what is the crime. Well, you haven't finished the first episode, like capitalism. you said. So, yeah, right, the uh, crime is this capitalism and greed. But thank you. also, no, no, the crime is specific, Scott. It's that legal. It, they yeah. covered it. 
the 2006 literal <laughs> prosecution of 120-page prosecution that was set up by that Western District attorney, United States yeah. attorney, in the Virginia District. And it was scuttled in 2006. That could have been huge. And it comes down, I actually wrote down the line. This was the line that basically they say, in the documentary, they say this is the, legally, this is the line that kind of did it all for the opioid pandemic. That oxycotton showed that cotton is like continuous absorption. Can Short for continuous. Yes, yeah, so that was a learning thing. Delayed. Holy shit, really? I didn't, yeah. I didn't know, know that. that. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. is because of... So wow. the sentence, there's a sentence that delayed absorption as provided by OxyContin tablets is believed to reduce the abuse liability of a drug. And so that is That's probably true. To a degree, that is probably true. Yeah, to the degree that people die. <laughs> Say, that again. Yeah. Say that again, Scott. Say that again, please. Oh, yeah, okay. 8,000 milligrams. Yeah. yeah, delayed absorption as provided by OxyContin. So OxyContin is a, you know, it absorbs into the bloodstream over time. They tell you on the label, you know, you can't, don't, don't smash this up and take it all at Snort. once. Yeah. There was yeah. something about the coating of it. So delayed absorb. It was it was mm -hmm. designed not to hit your. It's hard as fuck. Delayed absorption, as provided by OxyContin tablets, is believed to reduce the abuse liability of a drug. The person who believed it was literally a person from the FDA, Curtis Wright. And this is just the FDA guy that, you know, Purdue Pharma had in their pocket who this this FDA, this dude essentially allowed the oxy label to be used as a marketing tool. So then Purdue Pharma told all their sales people, this is the line you want to focus on when you go in and you're trying to sell this to a doctor and the doctor says, yeah, I don't know about how this is, you know, being absorbed in the bloodstream. We still don't know. And people are abusing this. And it it just comes back to essentially this one fucking guy. His name is Curtis just, Wright, by the way. Curtis, Curtis Wright. Wright. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing. It, it, it's literally fucking amazing how you can draw back to one or two or seven or 50 people in history and just point at how many fucking lives they single-handedly ruined and this is one of those stories you can just there are just you know a half dozen evil characters in this doc you're like okay those yeah. six people essentially like f fuck people up over the course of the last 30 years well the truck you could even Population. draw back a, a generation or two what I, what I liked about this documentary is it talks about the power of opioids for millennia and then like yeah like arthur since the egyptians Sackler, arthur sackler was the genius mm -hmm. who fucking figured out how to market drugs right he's responsible for everything luke described anymore. in the he the is today's modern but, market but he yeah he basically invented the modern drug market uh, the legal drug market where well, we should respect him in a way i mean we should take a minute to no. actually appreciate what he did Oh, he did a good job. I mean, he killed it. Oh, he killed everybody, but he killed it too. Well, he, uh, actually, it was kind of interesting because the the documentary was like uh, these guys, the Sackler brothers, the three brothers who were doctors. They were, I think, they were like 
it didn't say exactly where they were from. They're Eastern European immigrants who they were from Brazil. Flat, they were from flat. Argentina immediately they, after the war. Some yeah, they're of Ukrainian and Polish descent. Yeah, they, they landed. The original name was Mengele. They they landed in. <laughs> they were pre. They came to America pre Mengele, but they landed in Flatbush, Brooklyn, oh, I didn't right? know you and then uh, became. Uh, became doctors and then they were basically reacting to electro the cruelty that was electroshock therapy mm -hmm. and they were trying to figure out chemical solutions to their intentions were yeah. yeah they were actually good which or is true of a lot like. of evil which is true of a lot of evil in the world right i mean you got uh you know another guy famous like Arthur or Robert Moses, um, you know the the great. Uh, oh, I know that the great planner. There's a great book about him, the power broker. He was like oh the, the guy, guy who, motherless Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he built he built freeways in New York and parks. Anyway, he started out Total as a racist. reformer. Yeah, yeah, he, he did he did a lot of terrible things in the name of progress, as did yep. the Sacklers. And then Ar Arthur Sackler is like the total fucking genius, evil genius who is like. Oh, I found out how to market drugs. And basically he what invented he like would recommend this drug from the standpoint of doctors who were fucking invented. They were <laughs> fake name doctors. And so when other doctors see that other doctors are recommending it, they they will prescribe whatever drug you're talking about. Of course, Arthur Sackler died before Oxycontin was invented, but that that's what his company. Oh, so no blood on his hands. Mike, <laughs> well, that's a good question. I, I, I was curious about this uh, because do we think that uh, there's a reason for these to exist? Uh, because, uh, you know, honestly, when I had my knee blown out and I was prescribed opiates, I was uh, prescribed uh, like Norco. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. it was MCL. It was, it was uh, nor Norco. And taking advil taking tylenol i did not it just it didn't really work in the same way but i've i've heard like oh you just take advil or take tylenol it's like no you don't understand i take really do need to, your kidneys i do need to blake i do need to block the fucking pain signals in my brain because this is fucking there is no way to deal with this in a central nervous system way they yes, sell it that on every corner. It's called whiskey. So, okay, yeah, okay. So maybe that's it, you know. But then if you're sitting around like your parents, you got your knee okay, up, I didn't and know uh, that. you're sitting in a barking lounger, and your knee is blown <laughs> out. Your parents are not going to let you sit there and just drink a bottle of whiskey. Uh, I guess if I'm living by myself, I might do that. But I, I don't know, Mike. Do you, do you think these these have any use, or do you feel like they should be yeah. banned? It's turned into a Raymond Carver short story it. real quick here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, real life turns into a Raymond Carver short story because Raymond Carver fucking wrote about real life. Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, well, look, I want to say a couple things here. Yes, uh, so I, I have experienced this myself. I'm one of the affected. It was me. I was there. But it's funny the way you say that. You say that like uh, you've not been honest about this in the past. Nobody's no, outing I, you right now. You no, have. I'm always uh, honest about it. You've got an actual podcast about this very thing. Well, that's not my intention at all. I'm very honest about it. I'm always. Well, why don't you plug that it. podcast, man? Why don't you talk about it? First day of the rest of our lives. Yes, we just had a great First day on Sunday night. She is trying to link and help people that are 
mainly black immigrants in Canada who don't get the proper job opportunities. And she's trying to make cultural inclusion a better, she's trying to improve the workplace. It was really fascinating. I, I'll put a, I'll even put her website in the show notes because I think everybody should check yeah, it out. It's blacksass.com. It's really simple. I've always wanted to say that. I've always yeah. wanted to say that. We're going to put the link in the show notes. Oh, you always wanted to say that? Oh, congratulations. So yeah. she's really yeah, cool. Her name's Omaladi Williams, and she's fantastic. I'm really, really happy that happened. But on the first day pod, yes, we talk awesome. about mental health and addiction. And yes, one of the inspirations is my own experience in addiction. But I've often wrestled in my head because what these farm, what Purdue did, not just these pharmaceutical companies, what Subsys, what Insys did, Insys is the one that created Subsys, the spray fentanyl, and they got busted a couple years ago. So these are the two big ones, Purdue and Insys. But everybody copied what they did after Purdue created it in the first place. So I've often thought about my own experience and how I got addicted. The truth is, I did not go to a doctor first to get them. I got them on the black market. You know, technically, I got them from a friend. <laughs> I remember the first ones I got was at a, a feast, 2011 feast. And I was like, oh, man. first that was the that was the first round I got from it. I had had a prescription in 2006, Luke, in 2006. Hmm. When I had my, my sciatica flamed up, I was playing basketball. Like I couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. It was awful. And I took it properly. I did not abuse it. So it's weird that like that I used that properly. And then in all well, of a sudden. Well, it feels great. It feels great. You can't blame anyone for doing no, it. No, no, no. But it's weird. It's just weird that like I used it properly. It did help me in 2006, but I moved forward with my life. But when I took it from a friend in 2011, suddenly I had this really re strong reaction. Like, oh, this makes me feel great. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. And it wasn't until 20, and I ended up getting pills from that guy, a good friend of mine. I don't blame him at all. It's my fault. Uh, I ended up fault. getting pills yeah. from him on the regs all the time. And then until 2013, I actually got my first legit prescription from my primary care doctor. And I can see that. I remember yeah. that day so clearly. I'm sitting there with my PCP, and I'm like, yeah, you know, this back, it's just, you know, it's total bullshit. Total bullshit. But like, he had me do an MRI and everything. It technically, I had like a, what's the lamer bulging or like slip the, disc? Slip yeah, it was, it's the weaker one, the one that's not that big a deal, but still bulging. technically bulging yeah. disc. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's bulging. He's like, yeah, well, it looks slip like you disc, might have a bulging disc. You actually, you probably can't really move very well. Okay, bulging. Anyways, that's bulging. What it was. You it probably move, but you're who gives a fuck? It was, it was the point is it wasn't a it big worked. deal. Well, you okay. asked, you asked the difference. Right, I'm getting what I remember of the two. Got it. I'm moving forward. Anyways, <laughs> I can see myself talking to the doctor right now. I can see it clear as day. And he's like, well, you know, uh, we could go slow on it, start you off on a real small dose. Uh, I don't like to go right to opioids as a, re you know, as a result or a resolution to an issue. But, you know, you seem like a good guy. And uh, we'll start you with a 30 per month, 7.5 milligram hydrocodone dose. I was like, great, cool. Well, Within these advertisements <laughs> pushed people <laughs> to ask for the drug. Yes, that's no, what these that's, drug advertisements do. That's a good point. But let me let me finish right. that part. Is that yeah. I got that thirty a month, seven point five hydrocodone, and I took it. I abused it, but I didn't. I wasn't like that addicted where I pound them all at once. Within, I swear, two or three months, suddenly it was ninety pills a month, and I never asked for that. I swear, I never asked for it. I never asked for them to up it to ninety. It just went up to ninety. I couldn't. I was happy as hell about it. But I never actually asked for it. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's totally true. That's nuts. 
I don't think it's Chris Evans. Yeah, I don't think it is Yeah, based on everything we're talking about, I don't think it is crazy. It's pretty fucking normal. It's pretty obvious where that was coming from. It's weird, though, because anytime I've ever encountered that moment, it's been like, it's been like, all right, I'll I'll give you a script for this, and I've I've gotten eight pills that are at you know seven point five milligrams or something, and that's it. That's the whole. That's the whole prescription. I have never gotten a month supply. I've never gotten anything. I've I've always gotten a supply that was like, well, this is this is for three days or this is for five days, and like that's it. I have I don't understand how people are running into these irresponsible and awesome doctors that give them awesome drugs, uh, you know, for the whole month. Well, I guess you get, you're, a, you get you're joking, implying that Mike, right? most doctors <laughs> yeah. are ethical. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. I guess the ones I've got are ethical. Maybe is that that's because I got a job and I have health insurance. I, I don't know. This is fucked up. Well, you this can shop so for a doctor. <laughs> you can shop for a doctor who's unethical. Oh yeah, can doctor you? shopping goes back to the early two thousands. How do you find one that's unethical? He's, you he's look being it sarcastic. Up online. He's being sarcastic. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not unethical. What I mean is, what I you mean is, motivated, motivated by the American dream to be a real freedom fighter. How do I find a freedom fighter? You just he doctor shop. You know what doctor shopping is. Come on. Can you fuck, search fuck for around. freedom fighter? This is Matt. Hey, dude, okay. how do you doctor shop? You can't doctor shop. You have to go to an appointment. Uh, Google doctor. It means you have to also go Adderall. to multiple appointments. I'm not doing that shit. Do you Google also know Adderall doctor yeah. college town name? And you're yeah, gonna find so, oh, a bunch oh, of hits. Oh, now you're now you're gonna villainize. You're gonna, you're gonna just fucking or not villainize. You're gonna vilify fucking people that give people, uh, you know, attention. Drugs Not at all. Actually I'm saying anyone can get. The, I'm I'm saying anyone can get that prescription by doctor shopping. Do you know that most Anyways. of that uh, we have a huge amount of pill mills that were in Michigan too, Matt? Like, yeah. If you Google pill mills in Michigan, there's a ton of doctors that come up that were big time exploiters of this situation. I wish I knew about them. I didn't go to a pill mill guy just for the record, and I actually got cut off by one of his uh, like assistant doctors, re- you know, residents, doctors in training, whatever the fuck it was. He noticed uh, about a year later. Scout. He noticed some about a year later scout. that I was like asking for more, and I was always calling. And he's like, "Wow, this prescription's gotten really out of hand." <laughs> All of a sudden, and after a year, he cut me off, and I'm like, "Fuck!" And this is exactly what happened to everybody else. Hmm. So what do I do? I gotta hit the streets. Let's hit it. Hit the Let's streets. go. Yeah. Because by this point, doctor shopping was already being shut down. This is 2015. It was already over. Like doctor shopping was well known Dude, at this. What point. is doctor shopping? Do. Can you please explain to me what oh, that yeah. is? It's it's oh I, I mean I get it it seems like it makes sense to me but I don't understand how you do it. People who are looking to get a legit for the drug a drug for a legitimate source can I mean with the internet and with word of mouth find a doctor very easily who's willing to prescribe that. That's They're not known for prescribing that. It seems incredibly complicated. No, it's not at all. You do a Google search, you get a whatever. You go to a certain. Forum. Can you just type in doctors that prescribe uh, painkillers? Probably. Oh fuck! All right, hold on. Well, or you're a part of a community of so you're part of a community of someone who needs this pill or that pill, or you have similar ailments. You know, like back. I mean, I thought of you know I had a bunch of friends who were taking like well a handful of friends who were taking naltrexone, 
which is like an opioid blocker. They were doing it for like alcoholism. And they knew the person, the doctor that they could go to to get the script with, you know, jumping through only one over one hurdle versus going to a detox program and doing step two and doing step three. It's like this could and that drug could actually be really effective. You're talking about the actual 12 steps. No, I'm talking about. <laughs> He's talking about like seven steps. I'm sorry. He's yeah. talking about, I'm talking talking about seven step steps, one. Seven step steps one. Yeah, right, Get this drug that could actually probably help you that has a, almost zero side effects. Step one: Don't admit you have a problem. Google a doctor who can send you, who can break you. <laughs> no, what's crazy? Daisy. Okay, so here's here's why I was asking this question because I do I work in advertising, and I do know that uh, you cannot advertise for drugs so you will not be able to see you will never be able to google like hydrocodone and get a paid ad that like takes you to a site where you can buy it so that doesn't exist and that is against google's advertising policies now this might be well you can find a 4chan or 8chan or whatever the fuck that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying so people that are doing this are going on the yeah, now going on the dark web is a it's all about fentanyl in the dark web. That's where we're at now. Fuck That's that shit. Doctor shopping fuck has been. They have a lot of new laws, like the uh, anyone the listening to this. Okay, listen. Anyone that, listening so. to this that might have might be like on the fence or you know delicately, uh, you know, di- dancing around this issue. Fucking stay the fuck away from any of this stuff because it is insanely addictive and it blows your whole life apart <laughs> yeah i well, just have to say i just have to say that because if it's that easy to find this stuff i have not found it easy to find just because i've gone in with multiple it's not easy like, it's doable it's doable I but think i've it's gone with physical doable. injuries multiple times to yeah. uh emerge like urgent care or whatever blown my knee out uh twice oh, yeah. Uh, I've got, you know my uh, medical debts I have at all the urgent cares in Ferndale, Royal Oak, Southfield, I mean, all around the place. I hit them no, all up over and over again. Fly, man. Fuck you know how many unnecessary people. shots of Toradol I took because that's all they would give me and I had to go through the whole process. I'm like, oh, what is that? Toradol is a painkiller, but it's not a... It's not a doesn't uh, make you happy? Narcotic. It's not a narcotic. Why would you do, like, wait, dude, hold on. You go in there with fake pain. You yeah. get a You get a painkiller. That does not make you high. What is the point of doing anything? Because you got to finish that? it up. Why would you just wanna... no? Why would you just I like l- go? I got to take a piss and then just walk out and catfish those people the same way you catfish a very earnest person. I got to keep the ruse alive. And, yeah. I don't know. So at any rate, that yeah. So it's cat, doable to do it now, but those days are over. Fish, it's all catfish your urgent care people. If they're not going to give you real drugs. Fentanyl still killing people, and they're getting it from China, and they're getting to learn how to make it from China. There was also there's other great programs besides the Crime of the Century. There was one on Spotify I listened to last year about people getting these what do you call them chemists, right? Who know how to make fentanyl, and they can teach you step by step, and you pay them for that. The Mexican they're called cartels, scientists. The Mexican cartels do that with these scientists in China. We have a STEM bring, program for them. But then any bozo and any basement in america on the dark web which you need to have a vpn i don't want to give you all the ways to do it but they can do it but it does take a little bit more of an effort than just hopping on google i want that to be clear okay that's kind of what i was getting at is that today we're talking today, but it didn't always used to be that way people always talk about how easy it is and i'm like honestly for me i wouldn't even know how to do it 
I have no clue how to seek it, attain it, or anything. But I have heard, you know, people like you and others, that it's super easy. So there must be there must be contact points. Yeah, but if you're in internet. early early or mid stages of addiction, it it's almost less an issue of it being easy and more an issue of it just being like mandatory and you just start to seek it out and you're in again, and you know, Mike, I don't want to speak out of turn, but you're like part, essentially like a part of a community of addicts seeking this same treatment, these same, you know, pills. And so you're around it. And so these, you know, maybe you don't have to do it. You know, someone who's done all the legwork, you know, a dozen people who have can provide you with street drugs or can give you the name and number or email address or, you know, whatever of someone who can take care of this for you. So you are ingrained in the community by nature of your addiction. So it's not like, okay, I'm this lone addict. I'm going to go on the internet. It's like, no, I'm an at, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm one addict in a sea of addiction. And so all I have to do is tap my, you know, well, I'm going to take addict on the soldier. I'm going to take any available button. means to find what I need to find, you know, yeah, whatever is not there. a, it's not a choice. You have mm -hmm. to, especially if you get to the point where you don't right. want to be sick anymore. And being dope sick sucks. It's the fucking worst. It really is. That's why people don't understand. Like, why do people go to these great lengths? I didn't understand it until I understood it. And now yeah, because it's a matter. It's like not a matter of choice. Basically, it's a matter of survival. That's probably yeah. how it. This feels it's it's not like you know, i think i'm going to abuse drugs today no you're just on a <laughs> fucking autopilot like i will do anything to abuse i will do anything to get this it's not even a matter of the machinery required to get there you just go and do it yes see that is so true and that's why all the moral arguments about willpower it's such a load of shit and some of yeah. these companies are still responsible for the marketing of those uh, mm -hmm. uh, campaigns or slogans or yeah. even uh, ethos. Says, public public service uh, announcements. Uh, yeah, Purdue Pharmaceutical yeah. told me it's not the drug that's the problem; it's the user that's the problem. Oh, that's so fucking convenient. Yeah. That's so rich. Is. Like, assume no. All you have to do is put one sentence in a you know 120 page report, an investigation, and that absolves you of all wrongdoing and it becomes an issue that falls on the individual because every fucking time in a in a capitalist society it's the individual that's going to have to carry all the weight around and these huge companies are actually too big to fail and you can't you can't get an answer you can't what okay so what happens here's what happens is you have a 10 billion dollar industry and you get essentially slapped on the wrist with a 600 million dollar lawsuit which is what happened to purdue pharma whenever that was mike i'm not sure what the year was that's how part one of the documentary ends is which they part? pay out 600 Did you say 6 million oh yeah 600 600 million, 600 million. yeah, yeah but they they spend a billion every year in marketing so yeah, it's nothing. We know six hundred million is fucking trash. And then yeah. the and then the pathetic thing to make it all the more inhuman is when you have like there was one character in it that oh a salesperson and he got a subpoena and the company couldn't even provide him with legal counsel. 
Like yeah. the sales, the salesperson's like, yeah, I got subpoenaed. So <laughs> what do you, what are you going to do about that? And they're like, Oh, you're cool. Just, just go in there and just, you know, tell them everything's awesome. And, uh, yeah, like you can you can spend billions of dollars on advertising your drug, but you can't pay a you can't pay a, a lawyer you know twenty G to represent one of your salespeople, your top selling salesperson in court. It's like how fucking short sighted is that? It's like if you're gonna go through with this whole thing, see it through and know when you have to spend money. But like Get that's how dumb people are. That's God, what kind of a maniac is the top selling salesperson? A really a regular ass guy from West Virginia. Genuine a regular ass guy. Definitely not regular yeah. ass guy. No, he was. Yeah, I was, seen it. I yeah, was you. Easy. Go easy. See the movie. Go easy. You gotta go. He's he's a dude that go just, easy. Fuck that noise. Don't criticize something that. This is, total banality. this is total banality <laughs> of evil what I shit. haven't seen. I haven't seen uh, people fucking point, just man. completely like subsumed in the capitalist fucking uh, architecture uh, okay. year after year after fucking year. These people, the best person is the one that doesn't get it. He's so dumb. He doesn't understand that he is like fleecing people, hurting people, destroying fucking lives. That's the guy you want. You want the guy that's ignorant. He's got a suppressed sense of morality. He's doing everything for the company. He thinks that individual individualism makes sense and that his like efforts are worthwhile. Anybody who is anybody who is like subservient to a company is a fucking monster. And if that's what this guy is, <laughs> I mean that makes a lot of what this guy is. I think that's what this guy is. I guess I, I better not go to work tomorrow. We're all guilty. Do you understand what I'm saying, Matt? I'm saying believing the fucking company line. I'm not saying having a job. I'm just having a job means that everybody has to be fucking sucked into uh, sucked into the system. But being someone that like is excited about it, that promotes it, that actually sells shit. You're a monster. But they believe it. You don't know you're a monster. You're probably a nice guy, but you're the finality of evil. So. Yeah, exactly. This is precisely it. It's banality of evil. It's all about banality. That's it. You know, when you meet some like dumb guy who's like, oh, no, no, just I'm, a, I'm an idiot and I just, uh, you know, I just want to have a good life. You're like, you feel sympathy for this guy and you're like, wow, you're an idiot. Well, how and about you start a job with a very concerning. And you find out you're good at something. Maybe the first thing you're good at in the world and you're really fucking good at it. Hey, but and this you keep is doing it and you're incentivized. And the, the point told, is that he's part of the system. Yeah, he's part he's, of the system. He's being, but I, I sucked, he's being sucked in and used as a tool because of his like aw shucks fucking dumb backwoods bullshit. He's the guy that is. Well, you gotta, gotta see the movie. Yeah, there is some I, context here. You gotta have a little context. Your right, general so point me, makes tell sense. Tell me the fucking context. Tell me the context. A, he's a guy who. Uh, what am I missing? He's a guy from okay, West Virginia. Guy from I'm West Virginia. Who's... I just got notified. There you go. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you. His dad, uh, you know, went to be a salesman in Medina, Ohio, selling cars or whatever, and then flamed out there and decided he wanted to go back home to West Virginia and took his family with him. And then, you know, he worked in the mine to support the family and discouraged the son, the, the youngest son or this guy from going into the mine and, you know, yeah. put him through college. 
And then he be, he he studied uh, chemistry and was thinking He'll about be a becoming teacher. a teacher. And then basically said, got a got landed a job immediately out of college that was with a pharmaceutical company, as one does a lot of time when you come out of when you're young. Yeah, you that's the other thing. Job. That's key: the immaturity. Young. Yeah, you just take a job. It makes you money. And then he ended up selling the product that they told him to sell and ended up being very good at it because he was a guy from West Virginia who could talk to people in these communities. And, and quickly, quickly showed his moral conscience by going to his higher ups and saying, I am seeing, despite the fact that I can make a quarter million dollars a year selling Oxycontin, I am seeing this drug ruin my fucking community and sent email after email after email that were that were ignored and was told essentially just use this line about it's not not habit forming and the abuse you know liability doesn't exist and i think he's he quit you know like shortly thereafter this is late 90s that, too 98 to 2001. yeah and he's like yeah i made three hundred thousand dollars a year but was you know then fucking quit after here here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing i was trying to bring up and i definitely was not articulating is that we've got an individual that is a person in a complicated situation obviously needs to not needs to have a job and this particular individual well he's working no it's it's an individual it's a person it's one person let me think of it clearly i know i know (laughs) damn it Sir, <laughs> I always miss these. I always miss these references. Um, but this is the the problem is that the 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 actual like the, the actual like fucking structure that he's part of is what encourages all the fucking badge. I don't care about this one guy. This one guy is probably a good dude, but like one guy, what what do we need? He needs to be fucking Joan of Arc, you know? I mean, like. We're required to expect somebody who has like a what would Jesus do, you know, uh, wristband that actually can walk on fucking water in order to stop this shit. This this is all because of just uh, this is all because of capitalism. This it that is literally it. There is profit to be made. There is profit to be made. And this guy ended up uh, working for like I work for fucking. I work for an automotive company uh, and it is it's you have to work to make a wage so there's only so much you can protest against somebody who does anything but if they're whistleblowing uh, they got my support all day every fucking day Anybody who like does this goes through this process and fucking actually like sacrifices their livelihood to like tell the truth. I'm on their side, so I'm not talking shit about him because I don't no, even know what you're talking about. about. I, 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 and forgive me if I drop this quote, you know, in episode three of this podcast a year ago. <gasps> but you're <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is by the author Herman Hesse. Herman Hesse. It Hesse, is. It yeah. is her Hesse, Yeah. It is. Oh no, God, no! I wasn't correcting. Sorry, I just was excited. It is, it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Mm. So there, that's 
to me, I don't know. To me, that's what it seems like you're talking about. This is the society. So it's no, you're not a healthy person or a good person or a moral person to participate in a society that is going down the shitter or is morally and emotionally bankrupt. But I think a lot of people are actually dumb in that regard. And that's maybe what you were talking about and don't think past $180,000 a year and say, Oh, this, I can support myself. It's about survival. Like ultimately the survival instinct kicks in. And uh, unfortunately that means making money. And, and there's ages, I mean, yeah, there's different maturity levels, tax, there's different stages of life too. Well, so I just think attacks, attacks on the individual, I think attacks on the individual are unfounded. It's the attack on the system that matters. So, so this guy doing his thing, this guy doing his thing, being part of that system is not, he's not the target. And unfortunately the burden he just is the target. The burden ultimately falls on the fucking individual in the end. Exactly. Because, because then it's about, well, if we want the system to change, then we just have to deny our pro our capitalistic programming and say, nope, I don't want to make three hundred thousand dollars selling a drug that doctors and scientists and mil billionaires are telling me is fine and safe. Yep. And the health community is using. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to you know, pack up my moral belongings and head on down the road and live a life of poverty in in the face of what like that person ends up getting fucked in the end too it's like it's on the individual it's like someone who's uh, not to take it this way it's like someone who's well someone who's a victim of any sort of abuse the abuser isn't going to come out and say oh you know what i've really abused a lot of people and i want to i want to fucking repent for my sins and you know pay people emotional and financial dividends it's on the individual to wage an personal battle against a, a company or a corporation or a system of ideals that is impenetrable that you can't get to. It's like, it's like fucking with a monopoly. It's like, okay, we're the only people that can give you this. And if you have a problem, you can stop doing it, but ultimately it's on you. So you're then, kinda... then it, a government has to take over at some point. A government yeah. has to, you know, the individual complaint has to rise to the level of government that actually does something about this shit. And they've got a, a, an exact, like, monetary punishment or more. Got to, like, shut something down, put something out of business, make it illegal to operate. Stop it. That's from what they happening. talk about in part two, man. Yeah. That's why. Watch part two and then watch that fail as well. Just saying. Do they do they talk about the current administration or is this from years ago? It's like uh, this year. They're like the yeah, opening are. scene. Everybody's wearing a mask. Like all these cops blame, and OD. Yeah, they blame Obama. They blame Trump too. They they go up to that point, but they don't really get to Biden. Do we really was, think? Do we really think that Biden is better than Bernie at this point? No. The, that wait, wait, wait. Let's not go there. Wait, wait. Irrelevant. Let's not go there because what we just hit on is actually at the heart of all issues. It's not about opioids. It's about all issues in this country. This, this overarching control of the big power. The individual suffers. The next person is up in line, and there's no third-party government to step in. Whether it's government or some other third party, I don't care who it is. There's nobody there to regulate or to step in and say, no, this is wrong. And it's all become payment fines, which are totally doable, whether it's J.P. Morgan or whether it's the Sackler family. 
payments. Here you go. How many billion? Oh, five billion? Sure, here's five billion. We're, we'll be fine. I mean, we make millions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. So there's no real repercussions. Even when <laughs> yeah, the Sacklers got yeah. shut down in 2007, they said, oh, this is it? All we had to pay was $700 million? Fuck, let's keep the party rolling. And it's, yeah, it's about the headline and it's about the public seeing, oh, wow, they got hit for $600 billion. And most people don't think to themselves, like, what the hell does that matter? But again, in this fucking vacuum and self-perpetuating shit fucking feedback loop that is capitalism, everything has to be settled with money. And it's like money is the only way to communicate. So everyone's like, well, $600 million, I guess that's pretty hefty fine. Flint? Because what else are you going to do? Yeah. Like, yeah. What was it? How how do we have any other means to right a historic wrong? I'm not saying money is a way to do it, but mm. how else how else do you do it? Well, what uh, historic wrong are we actually talking about? We'll talk that about one. the opioid you say crisis, it, you're talking the Flint about... water crisis, 9/11, anything where people die or suffer or are their lives are ruined yeah. by the actions of some other external party. There has to be a oh, means to make the, amends. Is the reason is there a reason that we don't make amends? Uh, we don't have enough money. Who is we? The country, the U.S., the people that like you know, the people of Flint are. Nope. Who is still responsible under... for the Flint water crisis? Who is um, the all the trolls, the Snyder and his trolls, the people in government at yeah, the but, time who but, made the decisions should, knowingly should, to go to the other pipeline be... and. Yeah, but there are so many other cities in the country that have the exact same fucking problem. So are we saying they should not be remunerated? Uh, their houses should no, not be fucking gutted and plumbing replaced. Uh, I'm still stuck with question, though. You have to sign a price to it. Whether it's a monetary price or some other price. Here's the thing about inflation, Here's the thing about... No, no, no. I'm not talking... Hold on. Let me finish my thought. Okay. The price can be paid in money. It could be paid in in uh, a debt to society, imprisonment, punishment. It could be paid in life. It could be paid in. Yeah. There's many ways to pay for this price. We choose to pay for it in money because we're, you know, if you're like me, I don't necessarily believe in uh, an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth, uh, in the literal sense of like oh, I don't, yeah. punishment. Uh, so you way gotta out, pay. For, you, you gotta pay for it with money. I I don't know of another way. That's all, so. which is the easy way out. Someone. I'm kind oh. of yeah. I'm kind of into an eye for an eye in certain <laughs> situations. <laughs> like oh yes, I think context you're serial, matters. You're a serial murderer. Okay, sweet. Like we're just gonna fucking strap you into a guillotine. I don't care if it's. I don't, I don't, <laughs> like it doesn't matter. See you later. You, we, you're a fucking Mike cancer. Mike was excited about that. We failed For some with you. Weird reason he was excited about the guillotine comment. No, well, this no, 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 Go no. ahead. Do you remember uh, Mike Dukakis? Remember this guy? Of course. Yeah. 1988. He was, what a ride. He was a, Kitty, his wife, who was a drug addict, by the way, or a, a, a drunk. But anyway, oh. so there was a question that was raised. <laughs> that's like, that's like the worst way. In the like debate. The worst way to define this like is, an alcoholic. This is where, like there, there were kind of two moments where he totally fucking lost this election. One was in Warren, Michigan, when he was like riding in the tank and he was making a a wee <laughs> sound and he looked like a doofus <laughs> in a tank. And General Willie Dynamics. Horton? Was that the guy's name? Willie Horton. 
Oh, yeah. Number two. You want and, this and guy. Debate, the, the ad of Willie Horton. Willie Horton was let out of prison on a weekend leave, and he fucking raped somebody. Yep. Well, Dukakis True. was asked in the debate if he, if his wife, Kitty, I think was her name, had been raped, what would he do? And he, he gave this, like, dispassionate, level-headed, liberal defense of not holding people, not doing eye for an eye, not doing tooth for a tooth, and he fucking lost the election because he looked like a wuss, like somebody who didn't give a shit, who didn't, who didn't want justice. But in my opinion, I think Dukakis was ultimately right. I think a lot of people who commit crimes are not completely responsible for what they do. I, I believe in accountability to an extent. I believe in personal responsibility to an extent. But at what point do you draw the line? Like, we can't be that punitive in society. Otherwise, you don't have a better society. I think the best societies are the ones that are the best. You know, what, who, uh, there's some quote about if you want to know the true character of a society, look at their prisons. Maybe that's Foucault or some shit. I don't know. Well, yeah. We look like assholes. Uh, no, I, I, sure. no, I yeah. think that's uh, Bentham. Or Bentham. Bentham. One of the two. I think it's Bentham. That's One right. of the two. Weed Benson? You know, that's amazing. You know, what Scott said got me so excited is because I watched a movie today that was right on the point. He, he was talking about eye for an eye. And you're like, some people like a sociopath, a murderer of multiple, multiple, multiple repeat offenses. What do you do with a guy like that? And I, I watched a movie. Throw him in called- the fucking dumpster. Throw him in the, <laughs> throw him in the wood chipper. I don't certainly. No, yeah, you don't <laughs> you don't kill him. You don't kill him. You just you throw him in a very uh you very convoluted uh you know just tunnel system that has throw no him idea. in a yeah throw just him in an isolated him, room. Just let, him this is around, on let him run around thinking there's hope. Let him run around thinking there's hope all the time that he yeah. can get out of any of the manholes, but they're all locked. I prefer this on repeat. And then he can say room. we didn't kill him. Just this on repeat forever. This guy would not well, last. Was, There's no way he'd last. But my point being is that... Uh, wait, yeah. wait, wait. No, let me finish my point. So the oh. River's Edge is the movie that I watched today. Oh, sorry. I'd never seen River's Edge. and uh, Really? You I'd never not. seen it. I, was, I oh. loved it. It was fantastic films. It's film quite from, amazing. It's really good. It's got young Keanu and Crispin Glover. Everybody and, knows this, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Okay, so I'm I kidding. Something. Please tell but, me. Please tell me. I haven't seen it. It's about I've a guy... Never seen it. Without spoiling it, it's somebody does something bad to somebody else. And it's like, this guy seems like a total loss. So fuck this guy. That's a, There's a part of that. Crispin Glover is in this? Hell yeah. Big time. No Crispin Glover. freaking way. Holy he's God. very much a part of this movie, and he's really annoying in classic Crispin Glover fashion. <laughs> but, and, and Dennis Hopper's in it playing a weirdo. Shocker. Shocker. Dennis Hopper the weirdo. But at any rate, this guy is, just seems hopeless. And he's only a teenager still. It's like, fuck this guy. He's an evil fuck. He's got nothing to offer. And that's kind of the vibe you get. And he doesn't even offer. They don't redeem him. They don't offer some moral argument for hope. And I respect that. And I think sometimes it's got me thinking. It's really got me thinking a lot, Scott, about what oh, you're what? talking about. There. Well, like, everything has to be, you know, in, in film especially, everything has to be a cautionary tale. And there has to be something underneath it. And it makes us really uncomfortable when there isn't some moral oh resolution. It's like, <laughs> that's what that's what faith is for, right? Like, oh, just got to believe. You got to just right. believe. It's like, uh, sometimes I believe that you're a piece of shit and you should fucking be exterminated <laughs> and there's no there's nothing more to it underneath that that's the also 1970s pragmatic with cinema. matt's point did uh did hopper i see both sides because hopper directed a lot of films like this no it's directed by some bozo named tim hunter i think 
Uh, well, how about, how, about the, how about the Dude, um, movies in Chris, the 70s? Crispin looks very female. It's awesome. <laughs> His hair's crazy. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah, the movies in the this, 70s this are the vigilante killer. Tea. Oh, like Charlie Bronson? Hell yeah. Charles Bronson, the fucking... Mm-hmm. Um, what's, the, just, what's the famous movie? It's uh, just fucking fascist film. Death movie. Wish. Death Wish 1. Death, Death, Death Wish 2. Death Wish 3. Death Wish 4. Yeah, exactly. How Death many Death Wishes are there, actually? I think there's five. I don't know. Six? The first two are good, though. They're New York and Five LA, sounds right? about right. One is New York, two is L.A. But Yeah, uh, they're, they're awesome, exploitative fucking cinema subgenre. It's great. But, you know, yeah, they, the message is fucking awful. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not ready to take vigilante justice, and this, I don't want. Good. I don't this want the good, system uh, to art, either. You know, the most uh, recent one with uh, Bruce Willis is fucking heinous. Oh yeah, it's probably one of the grossest things I've ever seen, especially since you know we're sitting here dealing with a an established, uh, you know, kind of genre point of view. And this yeah, guy has no fucking, fucking uh, yeah. yeah, it's better oh. than crypto. Crypto's tanking it, like a motherfucker right now crypto? as we speak. Is it, tied really to, is it tied to Palestine or Israel? I don't know, man. It's got me fucked. I don't know what to do now. I Mitch, I'm, I invested in it and it seems like a smart move, but now I don't know what the smart move is. But at any rate, you never the, did. You had to find I, the I dip, money on it and you were like, this is sweet. I feel like I'm smart. Well, maybe I should get out now and just take the profit. I don't know. But get the hell rate, out. If you there's profit, get the hell out. Yeah, but what this if it goes bad, dude? Talking. See, look, it's already Married balancing guy. out. It's already Sorry. you never know. Married I shouldn't have brought talking. this up. Married guy I should have brought this up. This is my fault. <laughs> no, I take I know. I wanted to talk vigilante justice and now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> no, dude, let's, let's talk vigilante justice, man. That's what we're yeah, gonna do. There's, so there's you just plenty to talk about here. Yeah, just dial up a hit with some cryptocurrency on the dark web, and uh, you can get some vigilante justice. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's also possible. If this shit tanks, though, if this shit, if Ethereum goes down to like eleven hundred dollars a coin, I'm gonna get five of them. Oh yeah, buy the dip, Please man. Do that. Yeah, I bought high. Yeah, he did. Matt did buy. I feel bad for. No, it's really uh, interesting, Matt. That reminds like I was living in in Southwest, and not to make this a huge story, but. They're my landlord. It was a gay couple and their daughter, their adopted daughter had, you know, was mentally handicapped and was raped. Do you know this story? The Southwest. Okay. So she was like raped and then they were really, you know, they were super liberal, like Christians, which was strange, but they were calling you know, they were just like calling against vigilante justice. And what ended up happening is everyone knew who did it. And a bunch of, you know, vigilante warriors w- broke into his apartment, and, like beat the shit out of him with bats. And it was fucking oh, fuck. sad. It was just sad as shit. And so I know it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. But so God, what damn, do you do when then? you get to it, well, when you get to, well, I don't know. It's. It's hard to get in the business of pitting crime against crime and trying to vet out what is worthy of a what may be worthy of a life and what may be worthy of three to five years and what may be worthy of, you know, a hundred dollar fine or something. That's I mean, that's why we have a justice system, which isn't perfect, but I don't know what to do. Sometimes people are hurt so much that they take the law into their own hands and those people should have those people have a price to pay as well i mean yeah 
I mean, why do you think so many people have guns <laughs> in America? Vigilante justice. Yeah, well, that's what we me were... up. This is the idea of somebody Makes you fucking, laugh? like just just extrajudicial just punishment, just fucking uh, go crazy. Because By the way, there's a real uh, reason though this happened. The overriding, the overriding concern in society right people. now is that there is like over. It is absolutely at a, a fever pitch when it comes to punishment. So to have a have a citizen that thinks or that needs to uh, mete out justice in that way is it's almost crazy because there's almost it is it's emotional it's emotional you, and crazy it's not it's it almost a, it's almost too much justice uh, it's not the right word but too much violence just fucking saturating everything that we do there's a huge story that there actually is legitimate uh china has banned cryptocurrency so that's why oh. there's this big oh, this just God. happened a couple hours ago so this is actually a legitimate like it's a huge move based on what i'm reading here is that so what's I'd, fucking me talk over about right violence now? yes china? uh china give, has me, banned that, give me that china drop china, <laughs> china. <laughs> right on cue china has banned financial institutions and payment companies from providing services related to cryptocurrency transactions and warned investors against Speculative crypto trading. Fuck. That is such a dick move. It did go up. Ethereum went up $18, though, in the last five minutes. I just refreshed it. <laughs> did, did you? Scott, are you invested? 18. No. He's um, interested. I, I actually am interested. Dude, following it day by day. I'm following if it I could, minute by minute. If I could have gone back to the day I left from Mexico, which is the lowest it had been in months, and I think it was like, 22 yeah i know yeah. exactly i literally sold that day so i know exactly what you're talking about it okay was a Sunday. that yeah that's the day that you know it, i would have been fine picking up uh, two or three and just yeah but if when it, it soared to four to, grand from that yeah when it, when it went to forty one hundred dollars i probably would have sold it <laughs> he should and now it's back to third at, at any rate this is a big deal because now you have a showdown here you got a showdown of a massive power saying, hey, we don't want this going down. But Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever it is, cryptocurrency is a kind of, in a sense, immune to that. It's supposed to, that's supposed to be the point of it, is they, China doesn't control this. They can try mm -hmm. to create this, but I, I'm, this is really interesting. I don't know what the fallout is of this yet, but I am, I'm fascinated. I am. Yeah, it's, it's the NFT. Beyond my own, my own interest, seriously. I'm just fascinated. Like, well, no, it is, it is what we all say it is, is kind of the line, right? Is that like the company line with cryptocurrency? It is what we say it is. And there are outside factors, but hmm. when it, the value goes down, that's when people, you know, people start dumping. It's like when you start making real, moves that affect a market like buying and selling that's when you see prices fluctuate if everyone just held on to it if no one moved in a, in a vacuum if no one that held cryptocurrency moved on it for a month what would happen would it just free would it just plateau the theoretically like in a market where the asset is what we it is what it is and it is what we say it is and china can't tell us that it's less valuable nothing that trump can tweet or nothing that anyone can china. do on the other side exactly can <laughs> can boost the value or you know i it's so it's like so nuanced but it, it like know. 
kind of on the other side of on the other side of the Bitcoin, it isn't. It's just (laughs) like, what are these factors? Like, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, you know, we had a gas crisis. Does that affect? Well, not a crisis. We had a we had a gas problem for like. Did you already say? Did you already say how much it went down? Like gas uh, or uh, crypto. Bitcoin went down a couple thousand to forty thousand, and Ethereum went down a couple hundred. It wasn't it's a massive tank, but it's a loss right now. Since the news it's it's a couple hours. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. That's, that's what's going on with crypto, man. dude. This it, is too fucked. But it's a normal up, day. It's a normal, no, uh, no three days fucking ago, way, dude. Not, no way. Three days ago it was forty six hundred, and it could be again in you know shit. Forty-six thousand. Yeah, it starts, yeah, it starts yeah. to become like. Mike, we did have a we did have an agreement. You said he would send me an Ethereum to pay for my student loans. Oh, did I acquiesce to that? I you did. Yeah, that. you said yes. You would do that. We'd talk offline, but we have not. So please hook me up. Uh, I need one of those coins to pay for all of my student loans. <laughs> you can, because obviously, you can even obviously, I'm when the market's it. down. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you when the market's uh, if it just shits down. I'm actually Mike, in a hot situation. If I get uh, Mike, if I if I beat the uh, if I can hit the 53, uh, 56, if I can get fifty six hits, one hit in every in game, fifty six straight softball? games in softball. Yep. Fifty six straight at bats. Fifty six right, straight at bats. Joe. Yeah. 56 not, straight at bats? Because not I games. Because softball's easy, so it's got to be at bats, not games. Because you can always get a hit once per game. Oh, you're going to call it easy? Have yeah, you dude, been don't, don't tell me yet? that softball's easy. This guy's easy, psychotic, bro. man. This, uh, Ian, Ian is, uh, all right, I, I like Ian a lot, but he's psychotic when it comes to like competitiveness. Oh, he's into if it. You can, he's evaluating you produce, everyone out there. If you can't produce, you're going to be at the bottom of the lineup. That's me, dude. And that's gonna be. That's I think gonna it's be gonna like, be. Yeah. But you're friends with him, so he's gonna like this, be nice. I think to it's you gonna be it. three of us on this fucking uh, video chat. I'm oh, dude, yeah, dude, I sit up, I sit up sweating <laughs> at night, thinking like, you know what? Maybe the best place to hide me is in at second base. No, no. that's a terrible no, idea. No, you're hitting Those it right field because I'm gonna hell. play right center, and I'm I'm gonna play right center. You'll be in right field, and then I'll cover. For oh, you. Okay, there are four outfielders. All right, that makes me feel better. There are that's right. There are four outfielders. If we have enough women, really? Have, yeah, no, I think the, the women—the women we do have—are fucking insane. Yeah, that's Wait, what I'm no, saying. Good. It's like th- so good. Well, so work? Scott's Scott's point remains. It's like, who are we? Get, <laughs> where no, are we going to play? play? Where the are they going to hide us? Better. No, yeah, no, you're not going to. You're not going to be hidden. You're going to be on the bench. Dude, Matt, you don't need to be hidden. You made <laughs> one of the out, most outrageous catches in left center that I've seen a. Of, you know, just a regular citizen make oh. <laughs> a civilian. Yeah, a wait, civilian. Wait, wait till a I just airmail or throw. That's just yes. The greatest catch I ever made was a uh, when I was playing left-handed and I dove and caught a ball right hand. That was cool because I my shoulder was hurt in 2009, so I started. Throwing left-handed and playing right, with the right-handed shoulders are in 2009. That means you're on the bench, dude. You're not gonna. Make I was. It, it was bump flow, so I was playing. You're never there. gonna make this so. team. All right, Mike. No, I'm, this was get, 2009. This shit has gotten so insanely competitive. I was talking to Kristen about it, and he was like, "It's kind of sad that, like, uh, you know, we had a a nice shitty team to play on for a while, you know, together." And uh, and she was like, "Man, I wish I could play again." And I was like. I don't know if you'd want to play on this team. This guy is, is competitive. so competitive. 
No, he's this guy's dude. I don't. Here, I, this guy is so in, insane. You, you got me in a pickle. I don't know if I want to play in this fucking league. Yeah, oh, now you're turning, you're, gonna, <laughs> yeah. now you're turning us off. Nobody you guys going to be just fine. Well, there's a position fine. we can all play designated. No, he's drinker. actually, no, he's the nicest. He's the nicest guy in the world, but he's very competitive. He's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, he's like every friend you got. That's like, that wants to put a team together that isn't super talented and, and really is like super excited about it. He's not going to be. I thought he was the best player. <laughs> he's pretty good. He's good. That's what I've heard he's from good. Matt. Yeah, he's, he's all right. Yeah, he's Matt fine. said the boppers were you and Ian. So. Yeah. No, no, me and Alex. A- Alex is nothing. He's only a bat, though. Alex he's is, immobile. Uh, he drops Why, is he like? Is he a DH, like your classic DH who can't move? Yeah, he can play first base. Oh, okay. You know, you can throw he, it in his like one of arm dudes. radius, yeah. but he's not going to come off the base and make a play. First base no, is a good spot for you, John. He's not going to lay out a double like here's, we yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not to discourage you. It's to actually encourage you because it'll be cool to be on a team that has like a lot of talented players. You don't have to be the person that uh, we don't have to be sitting there watching another team fucking rack up runs on us every single goddamn inning. Don't be that guy. We're actually we're actually going to be really fucking good this year. Here's my softball. The league itself, the league itself is not that competitive. So you don't have to be that crazy. Softball is about getting on base. doesn't matter how many bases you get in a hit. It's yeah. about not making it out and on offense. And it's about not giving up extra bases on defense. It's about yeah. limiting the bases of every play. Yeah. No throws, no throws. Everybody don't, fucking hold the ball. You hit your cutoff. Hit your fucking cutoff. <laughs> Hold the ball. Get it Stop into it. the pitcher. Let Stop that throwing. run score. You're especially unless it's the one. It's the last runner on the base path. Yeah, take a shot at him at home. Throw the ball in. Fire it yeah. down to the fucking. But if you're catcher. but if you're up twenty three to nineteen, just don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. <laughs> don't don't try to throw a guy out at home when there's two runners behind him. That sounds like Luke. Let him score the run. Throw, limit the bases. Yeah, but I can do it. Luke, uh, that's the, Luke's, that's Luke's, the uh, I can actually Luke's do it. Patented move is to throw behind a runner who takes off too much of a lead off of first, <laughs> and, to, and to get somebody who's coming back to first. Who, who what, you can lead off? Wait, wait, wait. I thought you lead couldn't off? lead off. No, 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 no. no, no. Somebody who rounds, rounds someone who rounds first too hard on a single, and then kind of oh, doesn't look back and is kind of walking back, uh, rounding yeah, the bag. I must have oh, you- got. I must have got like ten people that way when Pachurski was playing. And a ground ball into left field for a base hit. They're oh, going to wave him in. Going to be close, and he's going to be out. Ah, was that right? That was, that was right? fun to do. <laughs> oh, how about that? I wonder what the call is where uh, Bill Freehand tags out. Uh, who is it? Lou Brock at the plate. Sounds like uh, from, old Ernie Harwell, from, uh, 68, 68 oh, series. Oh, man. Yeah, St. Louis Cardinals at St. Tiger Lewis, Stadium. Yeah. Throw from who was playing left field. Was it? Uh, Bo Cephas? No, I think it was uh, the guy from Willie Central Horton? High School. It's, Willie Horton. Willie Horton. Yeah. Willie Horton. Wait a minute. Another Willie Horton? A different yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not I was actually feeling like an Willie asshole Horton. when I said Willie Horton. It ended up being the right answer. There it, are two different the right Willie answer. Hortons. Yeah, yeah. No, but oh not the not the, the legend. Tiger is great. 
the yes, the absolute great. But here it is, Billy Horton. After this bet MGM. Always old. Dude, he's been old. Yeah, he's been old since the 60s. Sure. How cool is that? Is that exciting? Willie Harton not playing too deep in left field. Javier line one to Harton, and Harton charges. And I said, Classic 68 series. Yeah, I love that analog equipment blowout. Um, <laughs> Classic. And by the way, he blew into him. You can't do that anymore. He collision. No. Nope. Yeah. Wait, you can't do that anymore? You can't actually. Yeah, that all got outlawed a few years ago, five, several and, years ago now. And probably. to be honest, what are you I supposed think, to do then? I think Bill Hort. Avoid him. Or, uh, I think Bill How are you Freehan, supposed to get that wrong? I think Bill Freehand uh, got dementia and died of oh. dementia because he got blown up a few times at the plate. By the way, Kitty Dukakis update. In 1989, she was briefly hospitalized after drinking rubbing alcohol. In 1991, she published her Ooh. memoir, Now You Know, in which she candidly discussed her ongoing battle with alcoholism. Good for you, Kitty. Way to be honest. I think I have a Bill Freehand autographed baseball. I'm going to go check on that one second. She drank rubbing alcohol. Go home and get your fucking shine box. Graduate Bill Freehand. That's awesome. Also, watch that video on YouTube. Watch that throw from left field. It is fucking awesome. It's one of the great the plays in throw, baseball. Al. He's going to be out. All right. Well, uh, it's almost two hours. Probably call the show. What should we close the show with today? Uh, I haven't heard any requests. We, had, we didn't actually play any music on this episode, which is unheard of for us. Uh, sorry for those of you that like. Mm. I've gotten good feedback. People like talking. They like to talk about music. They enjoy the musical debates, the Radiohead debate with Luke, uh, which never dies. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad and I were talking uh, about doing a segment about people like who's that fucking idiot that's never heard Radiohead. Well, we were talking about like forcefully listening to things that we have a preconception to hate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or watch things, whatever. That could be a like, segment uh, that we. Do. It's like a good thing. It's a good country. thing that so many years have gone by since all of those preconceptions. Though. So if I didn't, I formed all preconceptions basically during my early twenties. So you know, as you get older, you just like you lose the kind of uh, mental elasticity, right? So you don't have uh, these mental. Oh, a little fucking poverty. Put me in coach. Oh fuck no! Nope. Oh, here we go. I'll go right to your point, man. This is the one, the only, Alan. Well, way down yonder oh, on the Chattahoochee. Who is this? It gets hotter than a hoochie Alan Jackson. Who is this? Chattahoochee. You talked about stuff that you would... Call. What, how did you say it so well? Hey, I went to a... What was concert. the description of stuff you don't like? I, I would listen to Alan Jackson. You would? Okay, there you go. I mean, who doesn't remember going down to Chattahoochee and chasing girls and, you know, living life? <laughs> a lot about living. A lot about living. And a do, little. Do they literally pick the, the dumbest named things in the planet to sing songs about because it's just fun to say? Chattahoochee. That's just fairly fun to say. That's the water source of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, this is a real place, Luke. Don't disrespect the Chattahoochee. 
No, no, no. I'm just saying, do you think of all the water sources and all the rivers, they just pick Chattahoochee because it's hilarious to say and it's really fun? There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great name. It's a great thing to say. I don't think they were like, oh, this is the primary water source. Uh, so we're going to have to say Chattahoochee. I hate to say Chattahoochee in a song. That's one of the most musical. You know what's really funny? A really funny premise is four forty-ish guys <laughs> sitting around listening to Trisha Yearwood. I think that's funny. The wife oh, of Aaron Brooks. Oh man, is she? Is she his this wife? Is, this is this is uh, this is Kristen's favorite fucking artist. One of Are you serious? Top five. Oh man, she loves Yearwood. I'm you a very good Milford, Michigan. Oh, I know this. I like know the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, we stumbled upon some gems all of a sudden. I had no idea all the information we're getting here. <laughs> really, Luke? Would, there's no way Luke would know this song if Kristen didn't love it. Yeah, that's absolutely it. It's the only for Kristen. You should see the hair on the album. I'll look up the album. Hair. They shot this video near her uh, near her parents' house in Tennessee. Wow, you really know a lot about this, isn't it? Yeah. So where her parents lived, they were right next to Billy Ray Cyrus too. And her mom used to, uh, her mom, her mom, her grandmother and her mother used to look for Billy Ray Cyrus at the local local uh, stores and the shops. And they'd be like, I don't know, Billy Ray might be there. And they would take the curlers. They would take the curlers out of their hair. You're fucking biographer. What? Who are you? Yeah. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it, it's a very it's area or what? Uh, yeah, it's uh, called uh, Leaper's Fork is where they lived, and I guess it would be a German outpost. Leaper is spelled L I E P R, I think. Leaper's Fork, and prob- yeah, probably pronounced incorrectly, but yeah, Leaper's Fork, and they were very close to Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre did a video there. Wow. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, Trisha Yearwood, yeah, yeah, no, it's a whole thing. How many it's, monthly it's listens? Charming. How many it's, monthly it's listens does Reba McIntyre get, guys? Reba, Ooh, McIntyre. Lot. a Reba. lot, million, oh boy, Reba, thirty, uh, twenty. Ooh, I don't want to go million. too high. He says no, like like three point two million. Oh, I'm going, I'm going ten. I'm going ten million. Matt is definitely on to it the most. Only 1.9 million. Sorry, guys. Whoa! Shocking. That's a lot, That's a lot of people. She had and her own TV it? show, too. Yeah. Yeah. Reba's amazing. Yeah, like 25 years ago. Was yeah. that? I just like I, Reba as a person. I think she just like she just seems like a very pleasant person. She does. I think she, she would be she would be an awesome like uh bike, like your uh five to nine longest work day ever people. It'd be like an awesome person to have as an extended relative that shows up to Thanksgiving. I You'd be like, I love talking to Reba. I love talking well, to Aunt Reba. She's it's fantastic. It's the kind of TV show that always existed that I never watched. Like, there's so many things out there that existed that I just never participated <laughs> in, and that's probably one of them. No offense to Reba at all. I bet you Aunt Reba. I bet you Aunt Reba would fucking not tell your parents that you were smoking weed outside before Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> that's. That's the extended relative I want. All right. Well, Luke, you know, you have an interesting musical taste. So we got to close out the show here. What should we close out the show with? <laughs> What's the musical selection this week, Luke? Anything you want. Anything I want. Yeah. Ooh, your choice. All right. Uh, play us out with uh, play us out with Minnow. 
Okay. A little Taco Bell music. That sounds good. We can do that. Uh, don't forget, this is the Cinema 9 Podcast, and we have the email. You can always... This is not the Cinema 9 Podcast. God, I got caught up in my Did you just there. say this was the Cinema 9 Podcast? I got caught up in my routine. Please. I got a bunch of... Yeah. You snuck a plug in? You snuck I a didn't plug mean in? To. I Yeah, I plugged. You got me. You totally got what is me. On, what what is on Cinema 9 this week? Oh, uh, Eric selected 2001's Blow. Oh, I thought you were going to say 2001 oh, A Space Odyssey. I know, me too. <laughs> well, that'd be fun. It, but, I would, do, but uh, I, you want, know, I would, George I would want to died, listen to right? that less. Yeah. George Jones just died? died so. He did. He died like two weeks ago. I, yeah. I thought that's why Eric chose it, but I'm not sure. So. Wait a minute. Who just died? George John. Car- uh, what's his name? The, uh, the guy who Johnny Depp plays Johnny in Depp's. Blow. The real oh. character it's based on. The bozo hair. No, I thought that yeah. movie sucked, man. That movie was terrible. Never saw it. It's over. You never saw it. No. Yeah. You oh, should it's watch so it and then check out Cinema this week. Yeah, it's so bad. It's a it's a it's a fucking Hallmark movie about drug dealing. It's, that's that's a feeling I get. It's got this weird patina to it. It's uh, clearly it's fun in parts. It has some act. fun parts. It's not all awful, but it's definitely overhyped for sure. But I'm gonna oh, watch man, it still this week. I haven't actually watched it this week. So. You pushed that shit on me so much when we were. It was younger. everywhere. Was like, it was a college sucked. dorm requirement. It was, it was on college, college dorm walls. Was it not, John? You know what I'm. There was. You know there was. Because it was Penelope Cruz. She's beautiful. So, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, email the show. We'll read your emails next week. Until then, uh, try not to die from anything that's pushed on you unfairly, and uh, enjoy life. And I'm not sure what to say, but I think I will.